Hello, and welcome to the first annual Macrofab Engineering Podcast Star Wars Christmas Special. I am your guest, Josh. And we're your hosts, Parker Doman and Stephen Craig. That was great. Thank you. Absolutely flawless. So, as Josh said, this is the first annual Star Wars Christmas Special, something like that, right? Yeah, the Macrofab Engineering Podcast, episode number 46 where we are going to be taking apart uh, Star Wars and dissecting uh, all the different sections and looking at the engineering and the mathematics and the science behind it and maybe even delving into some of the weird spiritual stuff with the Force. So, yeah, so I guess we'll go ahead and jump jump right in with the vehicles of Star Wars. So the vehicles in Star Wars, like ships, land speeders, all that good stuff. Um, so the first thing I really want to talk about, too, is like is like hovering. Because we can't do that here on Earth, at least yet. Uh, besides, you know, the hoverboards that you usually see aren't really hoverboards. They're just like segways without sticks on them. <laughs> um, so, but, so, like, let's say uh, uh, Luke's uh, speeder on Tatooine, right? Yeah. Um, so I actually was doing a little research on how you can make stuff levitate like that. And actually, the, the Star Wars lore says it's actually maglev. So okay. It's actually levitating by magnetics. Um, and so I did a little research. I figured out that there was a, a, uh, a research um, group that actually was able to levitate a frog in a magnetic field. So just a large magnet produce? Yeah. So, well, the reason why the, the frog was able to levitate, levitate was because it was diamagnetic, um, which water is diamagnetic. Dia, so, like, humans are diamagnetic. Uh, diamagnetic. Um, I, I, they chose frogs because it was um, they have more water. Yeah, in frogs their have a really high water content. Yeah, so put them in a magnetic field, and you have a better chance of actually doing. Yeah, making them levitate. Um, Doesn't that require an absurd amount of power, even still? Yeah, because it took sixteen Teslas of magnetic flux, which is a lot. Like I think the Earth is is one point five Tesla. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. That's that's enormous. Now they actually did uh, some other stuff too. I think they levitated a strawberry too. Yes. Uh, so, I guess it's anything that has a high enough water content. If you juice a magnet high enough. Yeah. So you could put, um, if 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 Tatooine had water underneath it, yeah, underneath the sand, you could you could levitate off that, or you put, I guess, water inside your your ship. What if there was just a high iron content in the possibly sand but then rock you rock of tattooing. Well what if yeah that's possible but then you have other hovering things like on um Endor with the speeder bikes and that kind of stuff. Maybe the entire Star Wars universe is incredibly ferrous. Yeah, everything's <laughs> made of iron. Yeah. So um, so actually if everything is just so incredibly ferrous to to that level the gravity on the planets would be enormous. So these people aren't human. They're just like <laughs> ultimate superhuman yeah. to be able to withstand that kind of gravity. Yeah, so yeah, back to how much power, right? Um, so they were using four megawatts of electricity to produce this 16 Tesla field. Um, and I figured out, like, you know, a common frog weighs about 22 grams. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, you know, the, the land speeder is about the size of a small car. It's about 1,200 kilograms, according to Wikipedia, what a compact car weighs. Um, so that's about, um, let's see, well, I'm looking at my cheat sheet real quick. 
Oh yeah. So um, that that would mean to levitate a car the same way. It'd be two hundred and eleven thousand megawatts of power to create that Tesla field. Uh, basically, to levitate it, and that's like eight point four million Teslas. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's put flux. this into let's put this into perspective real quick. A coal power plant, a an efficient coal power plant. Um, Three, four, five megawatt is is what you're going to expect from the entire plant. Yes, uh, going going you know full power. So uh, I'm going to say thumbs down on this. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. say I'm yeah. going to say this this ain't going to going to really go well for you. I would imagine in the Star Wars universe there are many more efficient ways than diamagnetic levitation. Yeah, pro- probably not relying yeah. on on water. But the thing Especially is, because because it sort of by context suggests that the the land speeder is sort of like it's the Pinto of Tatooine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the it's the gremlin. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the crappiest car available. But in the movies, if you see it, everyone has them. Uh, they're all over the place. Uh, so yeah. so this is this is a technology that isn't an, for the elites. It's no, all over yes. the place. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting though those, those power requirements seem absurd. But if they, if in the Star Wars universe, they have crazy like hyper matter reactors and stuff. But if they just was able to master fission, like fission batteries, if you took a double A fission battery and basically took the mass in a fission uh, in a double A battery and converted it all to energy, it would be two uh, two quintillion joules of electricity. So well, not there, electricity, there's but joules of energy. Yeah. There's energy you need for your what would you have me how many uh Teslas? Uh 16. 16? Yeah, no, no they, uh, that's, it was that's um, way beyond 16 at that point. <laughs> yeah, it was um and some to spare for your iPod. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So so you well, no, talk- but your phone still has a like 3% charge <laughs> and you can't get it past that. <laughs> Even with your fission battery. Yeah. So you got 200,000 megawatts that you need or that's actually watts is joules per second. And so that one AA battery, if you converted it all fission to like uh, joule power, you could actually run this hovercraft for a hundred days, hundred thirteen days. Wow. So if they've mastered fission, which it's they probably have, um, yeah, that kind of stuff is possible. Now, a human underneath that kind of like amount of magnetic flux, you might get all the iron ripped out of your skin. <laughs> But it is possible. Actually, uh, there's a, there's a great YouTube there's an link. X Men movie about that. Uh, there's, there's a YouTube link about the the um, uh, the strongest magnet in the world. It's forty Tesla, uh, just an absolute beast. And uh, you cannot be in the building when they turn it on because uh, it will rip the iron out of your blood. Uh, oh, that it's, sounds fun. It's, it's that powerful, <laughs> and it's funny too because in this in this YouTube video, the uh, the camera crew uh, were too close to it when they turned it on, and it wiped. All the footage they had well, previously before that, and they were a little bit perturbed to do that. It's a really efficient way to format your cards, right? Yeah, yeah. right. But but I think and that's actually the place format where they levitated the frog. Yeah. So we need to post that link. It's a cool one. Oh yeah. Regardless, so if you look at the the <laughs> wait, wait 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 let's go back to the frog. Um, <laughs> okay. okay well. With all that power, yeah. yeah. And and so the, the frog survived sixteen Teslas. Okay, right. So 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 with the diamagnetic properties of the frog, could you ride the Levitating frog. If you had more Teslas, probably. 
or you to were small to, for your weight. Yeah, or you were okay. small enough to fit on the frog. So wait, what's the point? I just, of, I, what's I, the point I, of I, having I, speeders if we can just hover around on frogs? That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Every giant, what I'm saying. giant like no, 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 no. Still, frogs. no. Still, what did you say? Common frogs. Common frogs. <laughs> but just the common <laughs> frog up underneath the middle <laughs> of the chassis of yeah. the speeder. Oh, you just have like the most efficient you look, travel. You like, it's amazing. You you walk up to the speeder and it starts croaking. <laughs> yeah, and you look underneath, and it's just like a hundred thousand frogs, frogs underneath your speeder. <laughs> and you fill up with tad with tadpoles. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I could see tadpoles it being like Back to the Future. Sorry. There's a Mr. Fusion in the eat? back where you yeah. drop frogs into it, you know, to, <laughs> yeah, to yeah. recharge <laughs> the frog capacitor. Right. Yeah, frog right. capacitor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Awesome. So that, that's how <laughs> land speeders work. In well, Star we figured Wars. that out. Okay. Yeah. Good. This has been put to bed. We understand it now. We got it now. Yep. Next. Um, <laughs> so in vehicles, the, uh, another big one is TIE fighters, right? Yeah. 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 Um, TIE's twin ion engine, mm-hmm. right? And we actually have that technology now. Um, there was the, I think, Deep, was it Deep Horizon? Was the... Um, the experiment? Yeah, it that, was, yeah, that was the satellite that, well, not a satellite, it was the Deep Space Probe for it. Yeah. Um, Deep Horizon? Uh, wait, think, that's the Gulf. I don't think it's Deep Horizon. Gulf oil I think it's well deep. I, I think that's yeah, okay. right. It's it's something something about that. Um, you could call that a science. These are very different forms of energy. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, though, how they work is you have two sheets of of uh, stainless, and you charge one up with a, a positive charge, one with a negative charge. Xenon gas goes through, gets charged up, then accelerates towards the other charge plate, and then shoots out the back of the satellite. And that's how an ion drive works. And they're really great because they're very efficient. Because you only need to carry xenon gas with you. Um, it's actually very similar to the way a uh, vacuum tube works. Yes. Um, but the problem with them is you don't have a lot of... You don't create a lot of force. And these TIE fighters are, like, zipping around like crazy. And they're, like, some of the fastest fighters in the galaxy. Sure. Um, so, sure, we have that tech, but... I don't think you can get it to go that fast. Maybe well, you use and a they're lot not carrying around gas canisters inside those things. I I seriously doubt it. It's some form of of energy drive where they're just converting. Well, if if you look at the two panels on the side of a Tie Fighter, they're solar panels. Yes, they're gathering energy that way, and somehow they're taking direct energy from sunlight and converting that into thrust. And well, and how much thrust they're. Pro- you know, producing to move that quickly, they're somehow having like a greater than one unity on their solar panels. Sure. What what, what happens when you go into the shadow of the Death Star or something like, like if you get behind the planet that's now in between you and the and the solar source? You just so, gotta hope. You just gotta hope that you don't have any rebels behind you. Well, in in a New Hope, when when everyone's on the Falcon and they're just about to be caught by the tractor beam. They, they see a TIE fighter, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's Obi-Wan who notes that that's a, that's a uh, short-range fighter. The, it, you'd never see one of these out in deep space. Well, they and don't have for, hyperdrives. Well, hyperdrives, but also the fact that they don't have a long range. And that's probably due to the fact that they're an energy vehicle, and they have to store that energy in order so to... So they're, they're, they're green, Green? Yeah, the the Tie Fighters are oh, green. Oh, oh, I, I, I'm like, mm. <laughs> because as yeah, we all not, know, not the color. Not yeah. the as we color. all know, sustainability is real important to the Empire. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, they they won't you know mine planets completely barren of all their steel <laughs> to make make Death Stars, which yeah. is a really good segue into. The, the Stormtroopers are vegan as well. I don't know if you knew that. Sorry. <laughs> Stormtroopers <laughs> are vegan. Well, 
I, it a lot would of quinoa be, on the Death Star. Maybe they just force <laughs> them to be vegan because it's more efficient. Uh, sure. Because can you think about how many cows? If you had to make a burger for every single person in the empire, dude, Camino, genetic cloning. I mean, I mean, they got cloning down. They're gonna clone. Oh, every, just clone cows. All the beef they need. Sure. <laughs> Whatever you want. <laughs> it's it's great because they don't talk about like Star in Star Trek. You have replicators where you oh, just wait, gotta, wait, like, generate stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, but in the Death Star. They just have herds of animals that they're slaughtering. And, and feeding. Like, that's but, like half of the Death Star right but, there. But, but wait a second. I, I, I think I just broke maybe what was one of our first rules. Like, are, are, we, are we considering, because I believe Camino cloning, that's all prequel uh, lore. Oh, what, do, I think do we he need assumes to, that the prequels don't exist. Well, no, no. Well, I'm not that they're, I'm not there. I'm just saying, do, do are we are we referencing the science and technology that, that, of? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Of the of the prequels as well. Prequels well, are canon, so anything right. that's canon. So okay. wait, wait. Fair. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mate, pull up, pull up your your history here. Do they call the stormtroopers clones in four, five, and six? Anywhere in four, five, and six? I think they mention it. Yes, they do. So yeah. therefore, they, they, talk about, they talk about the Clone Wars. They, yes. You're right. They do yeah. talk about the Clone Wars. So, I th- I think it's acceptable to to kind of backtrack by using that. But when did they become clones? Because in seven, they're not clones. Well, seven is after is thirty years after six, and after that time, they stopped cloning and just started just getting people. What <laughs> the regular way? Yeah, the regular way. Yeah, yeah. Recruiting. <laughs> Recruiting. Yes, exactly. <laughs> In <laughs> a, a recruitment office, uh, yeah, that, that's way less efficient. Just all than those cloning. posters with Vader. I want you now. Yeah. You know, like. Wow. <laughs> I can uh, a, uh, a stormtrooper doing the the we can do it pose. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Empire propaganda. Can, I'm sure there's tons of it. In the background, is like the de- this is the Death Star that's half complete. <laughs> yeah. So, ne- so never forget. I I when I was a when I was a child. I remember watching Star Wars a ton, and I missed a huge part of Star Wars. I thought when they when they destroyed the first Death Star, the second one that pops up, I thought that was at the, like the exploded portion. <laughs> that I did. I thought that they had like didn't blow up the whole thing, so that was the same one. <laughs> and when when I finally came to that conclusion, I was like, oh, I've missed a lot. <laughs> That's the whole. It's the whole thing about government spending. You know, yeah, why yeah. have one when you have two at twice the cost? Right, right, exactly. exactly. And then, and that being said, in fact, we we were talking about this the other day. Did they have multiple? Were they making a ton of them? Uh, Death stars, that is. Oh, yeah, at the same time. Probably. Yeah, sure. Why not? You know. Why not? You, they had yeah. a fleet. A fleet, star fleet of, of dust stars. stars. <laughs> but what did they name them differently? No, because the second one is seriously is the called Death, Death, Star. Star 2. Death Star 2. Right, right. Okay. They got smart in episode 7 and named it something different. <laughs> right. Well, it was The Rebels have never figured out. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, the best part of it, when they kill, when they blow up Star, or Star Killer Base. Star Death Killer? No, Star Killer Base. Is that which what is it's actually, called? Yeah, Star, Star Killer, Killer Base. Base. And that yeah. actually was the original last name for Luke Skywalker. Yeah, Star Killer. Yeah. Really? Yep. So yeah. it was a homage I think that was a good that. move to change the name. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, I, I completely forgot where I was going with that one. Anyways, we're going to the Death Star. <laughs> um, so we're in the, yeah, the weapons of Star That's a perfect segue into yeah. the Death Star. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so the Death Star is ginormous, right? Um, they, I mean, they even say, it, that's no moon, because they think it's a moon. 
Um, but the thing is, it's actually pretty tiny. It's only 160 kilometers, I think is what it was. Uh, By what measure? What, what well, it's 160, uh, 160 kilometers in diameter. No, I know, but like, I guess uh, well, okay, I'm trying so to do this all Earth, night, but what is your source on that one? That source? Um, yeah. The Wikipedia. Well, but, but I'm saying, do they, <laughs> do they say how they arrived? Is it, is it by relative size? I think it's relative size. To something that was given a measurement. Um, I'm just oh, saying, no. you know, in, in, in science, you're, you're, I think you're, that's just, your accuracy of measure is, like, the most important thing. So, yeah, yeah. Well, like, like... We got Josh knowing. calling us off on uh, calling us out on measurements. I, I, the, the, I, the, the, in the last thirty-five, phone, phone, phone's ringing. Part. Oh, that's uh, not that's, my phone. That's my oh, phone, actually. Okay. Uh, it says your battery's dead. Oh, great. <laughs> in the uh, in the last thirty-five years, I'm sure there has been countless nerds who've sat on their television screen with rulers, measuring <laughs> out like yes. the height of a human is this, yes. the falcon is this, therefore yes. the, the hangar door is this wide compared to well, a human. Okay. And actually, there is a scene when they're pulling the falcon into the Death Star with the tractor beam, sure. they show the width, or the, uh, actually at that time it's the height of the trench yep. uh, yes. as they're pulling it in. And so in that scene, you can gather some form of information. Well, because you can compare the X-Wings also to the trench, right. X-Wings to humans. Right. Ah, there we right. go. There, you go. there yeah. you go. There's your point of so, reference. <laughs> so it's 160 kilometers in diameter. Earth's moon is 3,474 kilometers in diameter. So the Death Star is like an asteroid. Yeah, actually. And there was a... Um, I looked it up. I basically started looking in what is a similar size in our universe. And it was one of Saturn's moons is actually really close. But let's be fair here. You say it's small. Uh, it's a, a man-made 160-kilometer diameter is sphere is a large object. Yeah, that's correct. Because <laughs> I think the... International Space Station is 100 meters. <laughs> um, so we're a couple order of magnitudes yeah, a off. Few, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, 160 kilometers. That sounds like the width of Houston. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's yeah. probably a little smaller than greater Houston. Yeah, than yeah. greater Houston. So mm-hmm. convert Houston into a sphere, and you have the Death Star. Yeah. Ah, That's found great. it. I found it. The, um, the moon Methone, which orbits Saturn, has a diameter of about... Um, 160 kilometers. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. We have that, that in perspective because I've seen that me- moon so we, many times. We know now for sure methone was George Lucas' inspiration. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there we go. I don't know if it was discovered by then, <laughs> right. but that's besides the point. It. Yeah. Um, anyway, so you have this ginormous warship, right? Mm. Um, so I actually found a, st- a group of people who actually already did all the calculations for me of how much steel you would have to have to build this thing. And it's funny, they use the density of a warship that oh. we build and just scaled up to the Death Star. I can't wait to hear this. Um, the steel, the cost of the steel alone would be $852 quadrillion. <laughs> <laughs> just the raw material. Uh, just the raw material. Okay. And that's about, um, let's see, uh, 1.08 to times 10 to the 15 tons of steel. So 15 zeros of, st- yeah, it's just insane. D- d- does does the planet Earth even have that much? Yes. Really? We can build like. <laughs> so yes, we've got I, this. I, yes, yes. This I, is good. I think, I think it was like you, we can build about 100 of these things. Oh. We have a, there's no wait, problem. Wait, wait, wait. You pull that much steel off of the Earth. You've changed the Earth's oh, mass yeah. oh, significantly. Yeah. You yes. change 
the orbit of the Earth in that case, and it's lighter. Damn, it's yeah. lighter, so it's going to get closer <laughs> to the sun. We're not fixing global global warming by making death but stars. But we have a fleet of death stars with which to escape the Earth. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, but so anyways, we we produce 1.3 billion tons of, of steel a year, which sounds like a big number, except that when you compare it to 1.08 times 10 to the 15 power, it would actually take 800,000 years to mine all this steel. <laughs> so they have a lot of people mining steel to make these Death Stars, especially when they make Death Star 2 in like six years. Droids. Well, lots of droids. Yeah. We have to make the but droids. But how many droids? How much steel do you need yeah. for the droids to build the Death Stars? <laughs> build the Death Star. Yeah, okay. And then I've looked into, because the big thing about the Death Star is it can blow up a planet, right? Sure. Um, and so I, I basically Googled, how much energy would it require to blow up the Earth? <laughs> Which is probably awesome on my Thank you, my Google, because inter- yeah. you have answers to yeah, exactly. everything. Um, and I, I went with the answer with actually obliterating, because like there's there's energy required to basically wipe the surface of the Earth. Sure. But I want complete, molecular utter, separation. molecular level <laughs> you want, obliteration you want of the planet. Alderaan level of destruction. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and that would require... Hold on. It went, okay, there, there it is. Uh, 2.24 times 10 to the 32... Joules of energy. Okay, that's a. Uh, All of these numbers are well outside of. Yeah, this, this is this is. Give me some megatons, man. Like, like yeah, how yeah, many, yeah. How, okay, how so many, how, uh, okay, how many this, Castle Bravos we talking? So this is this thing. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. Um, in one second, the Earth, uh, the the Sun generates three point eight times ten to the twenty six. So it would take about across six, the entire surface. Yeah, across okay. the entire surface. So it would take six point eight days of power from the Sun to blow up the Earth, which doesn't actually sound like a lot. Well, actually, well, okay, so come to think about that, if you roll that over to, uh, I may be jumping ship. No, that's jumping, fine. Uh, if you roll that over to what the star death killer, the death star, star killer. Star base killer. <laughs> star base killer, whatever the thing's called. If that thing star consumes an entire sun, then it has way more than enough energy to destroy the planet. Uh, it destroys, what, five planets at, when it shoots it? Yeah, yeah it, it kills like a whole that. system. It, yeah, holds it. Yeah. And so it could do that. Ten Easily. times over. Yeah. Fifteen yeah. times over. Wow. Interesting. And yeah. yet somehow contain it within itself. With it, so yeah, we're going to get there. Before. We're going to get there. I actually did research on this thing as I well. I have no doubt. <laughs> All right, and, um, so I guess that, that's – we can go right into um, uh, Star Killer Base since it's similar to Death Star. Please. Um, that's the thing is like when people first started wa- like that movie, people like crapped all over that weapon. Star Killer Base. People Why? complained about it. I um, did. Yeah. Why? Because it's ridiculous. But the thing is, it well, makes come, well, way more on. sense than a Death Star. It do- totally does. Ah, okay. We're gonna we're, we're diving into something here that that <laughs> that I think I think is is really important. The gloves are coming off. Yeah, that's right. Okay. The old Death Star. They don't explain anything about it. They don't explain where it got its energy. They don't no, explain no, how say, it got no, its energy. They say it has a hypermatter. Reactor in it. Great. I could say it has it has a whole bunch of double no, A's hey, in there. Th- that, this is what we're talking about. Right. Though. Right. Right. It, yeah. it so they don't they don't explain it. So it, it has a level of mysticism as to how it destroys. And I don't need to be told every little detail on how it destroys whatever it does when it shoots its big laser beam. But the star base killer, whatever it's called, it it is very clear how it accomplishes its goal. It 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 consumes a sun worth of power and then launches that out. Now, that is just not physically possible. 
And that is what kills me on there because you cannot compress a sun into a smaller area within your planet. You effectively just destroy yourself by doing that. How is this even possible? See, this is what's going through my mind. I didn't solve this, but you have to realize in the Star Wars universe is the First Order or the, the Galactic Empire, they basically have mastery over every single force. Sure. Magnetic force, um, nuclear force. They can except con- for the force. Except for well, there's <laughs> Darth Vader. There's a few controls. people who have some right, master. but but in terms of like like institutional widespread control. Well, what about yeah. um, the first orders and the rumors that they're going to have force weapons? Force weapons. Well, that's kind of, that, that's that's coming that's up to, right? to be discussed. To yeah. be discussed. <laughs> Anyways, so they, they have all masteries of the force. So I think they could have solved the problem of basically because they're going to suck in the sun, right? Right. And basically, they're going to be compressing the sun down into a smaller space that's the planet. And so basically, you'll be creating a black hole. But I'm going to assume that they've, the engineers in the force, First Order have solved that issue with some trickery. Well, okay. So let me, let me go into a quick... Well, think, the black think, hole itself would destroy the whole system. Correct. Well, not, what, what if, well, that's if everything got near its event horizon. What if you made it so small that its event horizon was small? The mass of a black hole in the center of a... Of a of a solar system would with it fairly quickly pull in all the planets. Most, the, 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 the common thought right now is most galaxies have a black hole that, that keeps Super the galaxy massive. together. Supermassive yeah. black hole. Right, but a Different s- solar systems do not have black holes themselves because they just would not exist. Yeah. No, of course. So, yeah. so, so here's the thing. A sun keeps equilibrium, or not a sun, a star keeps e- equilibrium Due to the exploding force outward and gravity inward. inward right. So that's how a sun maintains its basic mass and shape. So constantly near the, the center of a sun, you're converting elements into heavier elements. Once a sun has converted its internal core elements to lead, lead no longer pushes out at the same rate that gravity pushes in, so a sun collapses. I thought it stops it. I thought it's. I thought it stops when it's at iron. Like not the the whole thing doesn't become lead. No, no, the whole thing doesn't become right. lead. So what actually you get you get one of two things depending on the size right, of the, the star. white dwarf or the the white dwarf. dwarf where it explodes outward or you get a collapse a complete. And the white dwarf is the stable collapse. Right. Supernova full explosion. Exactly. Okay. So in order to compress the sun into or whatever they do into a smaller area, you have to add energy to do that. Correct. Because you have to compress more into it. So are you, you would more rapidly be converting... Well, yeah, you could just siphon off from the sun that you're sucking in that energy. But wait, but if you you can target the sucking of said sun energy, you might as well just suck up the planet you're trying to destroy, save yourself a step. Well, the thing is, the, the Starkiller base could actually... It, when it fires its weapon, the energy that comes out of it actually travel, travels at sub-hyperspace. That's what they call it. And so it can actually almost instant, instantaneously travel across the universe and hit whatever you want. But it takes time in the movie. It actually travels. Very dramatic. Well, I think that was oh, extreme time I think that for, was, everyone, uh, for everyone on their balconies, too. Yeah, I think that was J.J. <laughs> Abrams' yeah. stuff. But if you actually Very read... Bruckheimer moment of, yeah. of yeah. Force Awakens. Sorry, continue. See, so I, I, the idea, I think, would have been awesome if they didn't consume the entire star. If they grabbed some power off of it and then shot that. 
that would make more sense. Well, they that makes less, they fire like, awesome. They, sense, they fire though. it almost twice. They, so they, they fired five times. They, well, well, each no, shot is shot. five, right. five bolts, bolts or whatever. Yeah. It's a it's a shot. It's a shotgun star killer. It's, it's a shot. It's a sawed yeah. off. Yeah, planet shotgun. <laughs> so a, tar, they, a targeted sawed off. That's yeah. That's yeah. Right. So, so that sun that they were or or star that they were stealing energy from gave them two shots. So they 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 kept some reserve yep. in there for. Shot number two. Two, yeah. two firings of multiple shots. Yeah. Right. And I actually was thinking is, is <laughs> sure you have this like thing that can shoot the star energy out, but you could completely disrupt the solar system if you just suck the sun away <laughs> and then hyperspace back off. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Like, right, because then the planets just scatter. Sh- yeah, just shoot off. Go- Not to mention the 50,000 other ways you would effectively be able to wipe out a planet before you have to destroy the star that the planet is <laughs> rotating well, around. I'll put it this way. Is the Empire was never really good at... Efficiency. Like, efficient <laughs> weapons and stuff. Yeah, if they're spending this much money to make a single laser beam, you'd think they could have committed genocide in a completely different way. You know? Yeah. Well, it's it's sort of a it's sort of like it makes sense in, in, in a way that once you have mastered the the gun, the like the the phallic, the elongated weapon. Sure. That at some point you you hit a critical mass moment and you're just into the balls. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why they built two. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> it just has to get bigger. I'm just going to keep pointing yeah. to our death, our death <laughs> star. star Christmas. Oh, wait. By the way, do listeners know, have we indicated that this is all being videoed? Uh, no. Well, would you like to do that? Oh, yeah. So uh, this, this is going to be going up as a podcast, right? Yeah. Um, but we'll also have a video cast that will be up on YouTube. So check that out. Yeah, check that out. Plug, self-plug, meta-plug. There we go. Moving on. Yeah. Um, I guess that's it for the Starkiller base slash Death Stars, right? I, I, I had one more thing I want to say. So, uh, because it. this is going to be apropos later. You, you say the, there's a mysticism to the way the Death Star works. And, and I challenged that because uh. of the fact that they say they use a hypermatter drive. They're using technical language that is admittedly meaningless, but still, it's it's technical language, not mystical language. So, that's that, to me, that's an important distinction that that the empire and then the first order is using science, technology, brains and brawn, and the Jedi, by contrast, are using this very mystical force until. Until they the get prequels, it. and we'll get right. we'll get to that later. But, right, because they have a very but, scientific term that destroys it all. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> Just ruins all of the spirituality of the force. Oh yeah. Anyway, but but to your point, doesn't that endear you a little bit more to to the fact that they in, instead of just going with this completely meaningless terminology, Star Killer Base actually. Has something? I mean, obviously they picked it because it's something that visually could be represented in a great VFX kind of way. Sure. So in that sense, staying within within the confines of well, we have a technology and we're juicing it. It's the same thing that Han says, you know. So it's bigger. Like that was my favorite line in the movie. Like, like oh yeah, just yeah, yeah. just just. Pull, pull, breaking the fourth wall of the Disneyfication of <laughs> Star Wars in one glorious moment yeah. with all the Han cynicism that we all felt 
but still, it just worked for me. It was Starkiller base worked for me that hmm. that like in, in in a visual sense, it it stuck with the rules in a great way that the prequels never did. I see. Okay, one rebuttal to that. Yeah, I have a curse in the fact that I'm stuck with an engineer's mind. So when I see something. I usually have to analyze how it does the thing that it does. But you, but you, you, you didn't choose to do so with the hypermatter drive. Well, hang on. Okay. Here's 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 the thing that's great about the original three, uh, four, five, and six. You were like ten when you saw them. Well, but but here's what's great about it. <laughs> this ten-year-old engineer's mind. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You're right. Well, my Legos could do the same thing. <laughs> No, because they only give you enough information to imagine, mm. I was able to connect the dots in my own way. The Death Star works in my way different than probably everyone else's way, but I was able to figure that out myself because they gave me the result of it doing something and they gave me some technical BS that doesn't really mean anything – I get to say, oh, how does it do that? As opposed to, here's the exact way it does it, and oh yeah, that can't actually happen. So it would have been. I, un- I understand. Yeah. So it would have been better if they fired it and then like and then shown the shot of it sucking up a sun. <laughs> so it gave you it gave what? you so it gave you the what it did and then how it did it later, which is exactly what you. No, I think I think, yeah. I think what he's saying is like even when the when the movie's over, he wants to be able uh, to. Okay. Well, and and it kind of it's kind of the same sort of thing where like in a in a horror movie if they don't show you the monster, you are allowed to explore that in your own space and make it more terrifying. and make it sure. more dramatic yourself. Yeah. Whereas, you know, like we were just talking about Hellraiser just the just <laughs> earlier today. They show you everything. They get yeah, like, yeah. on a silver platter. It's like here's everything you need to know, and you just consume it in that way. But the old Star Wars. Like the speeder bike, they just say, "Oh, it's a speeder bike," right? And that's just it. You make the make it your own reality in that sense. But they, you know? but they say the Death Star is powered by a hypermatter reactor. Well, why is that? And, why, why is and, the and hypermatter has, reactor Luke any has, different than sucking the sun? But, but why is that any different? Hey, Luke has to go to Haji Station to pick up some power converters. Woohoo! Like, who cares? It just adds to the lore. No, go but back it allows to, me to kind no, of piece. Go back it to Death Star. Why does it? Why is the <laughs> hypermatter reactor any different than sucking up a sun? I well, I I, I have I, I will put forth the, put forth a theory as to why. It's because the hypermatter drive is a. Is something that a ten-year-old has to grapple with. <laughs> a Starkiller base, something that a thirty-year-old has to grapple with, and that is, and that is the the one of the beautiful things of childhood is that you like there is in technically just as much mystery to the way that Starkiller base works, works as yep. to the way the hypermetric oh, sure. works. Yet both of them still have the worst defenses in the galaxy, obviously. <laughs> a, um, a single port, port of failure. Yeah. <laughs> Which didn't bother either 10-year-old or 30-year-old. Exactly. Um, but I, 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 think, I think that's that's interesting th- thing to think about, that as technically-minded people, even which we were, even when we were children, we still had the, there's still an, an abi- the ability to be sort of technically innocent in a sense and just sure. be, and just suspend technical disbelief 
but we still enjoyed the new film in ways that, anyway, I, I'm not sure where that's going except to say I understand, I understand now your, <laughs> your problems. <laughs> um, the old Death Star's better. <laughs> I still think it makes way more sense to turn a planet into a weapon than have to build this enormous green thing. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. because okay. ha- I mean, what percentage of the Death Star was just the, the basically support infrastructure. scaffolding yeah. infrastructure to hold the weapon? Yeah. 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 Well, and they build it from scratch. Right. You know, they, they got no Huge waste nothing. of quad- yeah. quadrillions of Quadri- dollars. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, many, many. Yeah. And it's always, it always puzzled me, too, is like, you know, it makes sense for a small ship like the Millennium Falcon and, and, and what, what are they called? Um, what are the Imperial ships called, the big ones? Star Destroyers? Yeah, Star Destroyers, when they go into hyperspace, right? But think about something like a Death Star, which is, it's pretty big, and it can go into hyperspace. Star Killer Base can go into hyperspace. <laughs> That's how right. it moves around. Yeah, that, so think about this is the more troubling stretch, thing, right? Now, but then so it has to eat another sun, sun to in order to travel. I, so I does it just turn around and shoot the sun and and just kind of like? Well, no. What, what if it? What if it? That is a much what if greater feat out? than destroying a planet. Is getting something of that mass to travel any velocity yeah. of note through the galaxy? So I guess um, we'll we'll talk about hyperspace a little bit later um, since we're on topic of weapons. Um, but, um, yeah, I guess we'll go to lightsabers now, right? <laughs> sure, I'm just, I'm just going to jump. Oh, oh, oh. Where's our prop? Get out. Uh, uh. We, we came prepared. Wait, get it on the mic. <laughs> uh, the force is not strong with this one. No, no <laughs> clearly not. <laughs> the bobblehead, uh, lightsaber. Yeah. So this is this is Stephen's big topic. So uh, lightsabers, lightsabers are a mystery uh, in in the fact that they are not mass produced. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so a lightsaber is is an energy device, and they kind of explain them as energy devices. That I think the biggest thing in people's minds is you have a a energy source that you hold in your hands and it extends out from your hand to a predetermined length. And they don't really go into it a whole lot in the movies, but if you read some of the books and go through the video games and and look at the uh, extended universe, lightsabers are effectively invincible. They are the most powerful weapon in the universe. Uh, Nothing can stop a lightsaber other than a lightsaber. There's also a couple materials, too. Um, There's two. What, what are they? I don't remember, but I remember reading about them last night. <laughs> <laughs> I should have stayed out of the Holiday Inn. Okay. So apparently there's two. Regardless. Well, and there's the new, like, double shovel thing from from Force Awakens. That, that, that. They're going to need to do some explaining in the next one. I'm holding, I'm, hold, I'm reserving my judgment right now. Okay. Maybe he just got a lucky shot or something. I don't, I don't know. Especially because the person who was wielding the lightsaber in the, in episode seven was not trained with the lightsaber. So I don't oh, know. We'll, we'll all, see. Yeah, right. Because I've, I've had a long held belief that the lightsaber was the ultimate weapon. There is nothing that can stop a lightsaber other than a lightsaber. Um, so the question is, 
and I'd, I'd rather just kind of open this up for us to kind of just play around with. How is it that a lightsaber generates its beam of energy, and how is it possible for that beam of energy to have a predetermined length? Yeah, because um, a laser would just keep going. Right. On for basically ever. That, that would be really cool, though. Could you, like, turn it on and, like, right on the moon? <laughs> that <laughs> would be the most powerful <laughs> yeah. whoever in the universe. Um, I, I, I did some, you know, reading up on this on, you know, fan theories and stuff like that. And sure. what makes the most sense to me is is plasma and then containing that in an EM field. Okay. Um, basically had the plasma come out and loop back in and then sheath the whole thing in an EM field that the plasma cannot escape from. And, and, and so that could absolutely make sense if you have – okay, so if you consider the beam, if, if, you, if you look at it, because of its brightness, it's hard to actually kind of determine the shape of the beam. It looks like the beam has a uh, – Round top. A round top, like a, like a, a, almost like a, a domed top. But there's nothing there's, – there's, They're more pointed looking in the new – In the newer ones, yeah, yes. Right. But – if you think of the beam to be hollow, have an actual conical shape, such that energy flows out from the handle, reaches to the end, and then flows back through the center of the, the cone of energy, back into the device, that is actually possible, and we do that nowadays. Mm. Uh, we can, using EM uh, you know, fields, we can contain uh, plasma. So... That is one way of explanation. Now, it is important to note that in the lore, only a Jedi can create a lightsaber. A lightsaber actually is fairly simplistic. It only consists of a power source and two very specialized crystals that are aligned in a very specific way that guides the energy. And that alignment is accomplished using the Force. Correct. Right. And it's also not a very... uh, First of all, it's not simplistic, and it's not short. You can't just look at it and be like, yeah, that's the alignment. Apparently, it takes study. You have to meditate on this, and it can take months to align these crystals. You have to be absolutely flawless with the alignment on these crystals. So the whole lore behind it is, is interesting and cool. But regardless, the concept might actually be possible. Besides the force aligning crystals thing. Well, yeah, if you, yeah. If you if you're talking about just the plasma beam itself, yeah, which which is kind of cool, and I, I think it's you know controlling the outside of the plasma with EM is possible too, because um, just look at like tractor beams in in Star Wars, and tractor beams are electromagnetic devices, and that they're able to shoot a beam. Because the thing about electromagnetics uh, or EM waves is that they propagate out like when you, like, uh, drop in, in, in a pool of water. Mm-hmm. They just radiate outwards, right? And then they, you know, taper off uh, inverse square uh, to distance. But, like, they're able to, like, pinpoint a location and shoot an EM wave out and latch onto, like, the Millennium Falcon. Right. Um, so if they have that kind of mastery over EM waves, I can say, you know, they could build a lightsaber that's controlled that way. They, they, they could create an electromagnetic boundary to the plasma field. Yeah. Correct. And maybe the little knob controls <laughs> how long it goes. Is. Yeah. <laughs> the extended. You can do like like the little dagger like light dagger light or dagger. to <laughs> to moon writer 
Moonriders. Moonriders. Well, he's like a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy when they have the uh, the little lightsaber knife that cuts toast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I have heard another uh, another thing. So, so you know, just like the toy that I have in my hand, it's one of those ones that just you slap it and it and extends. So, there's nothing saying that you couldn't actually have a physical object that extends from the handle itself, and Except that, that itself just, cool. just contains around it a plasma field. Yeah. Which that's probably actually the easiest way of doing it because if you were to, if you it's, were, it's like it's like the antenna from like a '79 Cadillac that's just <laughs> oh, yeah, like keep going. Yeah, no, it just yeah, it like literally telescopes like the plastic one you have there. Well, yeah. if you just apply a, a high enough <laughs> voltage to it, you will create an EM field, and if you have charged particles around that, you will be able to contain them on whatever surface that is. No, I've, I've got it. If if you can take the light. Out of the lightsaber, it is actually a Earth Earth child's toy plastic <laughs> lightsaber with a three stage ste- telescoping plastic yeah. guide for the for the pulse or for the uh, plasma wave. Right. So, so the mo- the actually the most complex mechanism is the uh, the button that actually extends the antenna out there. <laughs> yes, like that's yeah. the part where yeah. they have to calibrate it. That's the <laughs> that's Jedi what takes the force to fix the button on the toy <laughs> lightsaber. Right, right. Yeah, I, I mean I've fixed the telescoping mechanisms on my son's lightsabers. Oh, and it almost more takes than the I force. can count. It really yeah. does. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it takes the patience of a Jedi. <laughs> the, the <laughs> there's nothing catching it. Yeah, right. There's nothing here. What is catching the you, second you stage? You must not get angry, Josh. I, <laughs> anger Do not leads let it to overcome hate. you. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay. Okay, so got lightsabers down, right? Well, I, I, I have... You made me think of one other thing. I mean, I think, they, I think George, either George or later... Lawrence Kasdan writing or extending universe, I think there's a missed opportunity with lightsabers because the fact that it takes the force to make one, I feel like is is stopping short. I feel like it should take the force to use one. That uh, that yeah. in the same way, like because I mean, a lightsaber is Excalibur, and you, I mean, there's so many other things about the Arthurian legend surrounding not only Luke but the entire universe and, and lightsabers in general, that you you don't just find the sword in the stone in, you know, in Maz's basement and pick it up and start using it. it there's a worthiness and a, <laughs> and a training that comes from the, even the, the ability to wield the thing. Yeah, and I, and I, 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 I kind of just wish, like, you couldn't even turn it on until you are at least a, a, you just had a certain level of proficiency. Well, you, could, you could just put a, you just put a switch inside that doesn't have any outside, so you have to use the force to switch the switch on. That's what, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's such a, a good way switch. of making it a force <laughs> weapon. <laughs> but that's how you would, that's be the easiest way to make it work. That's but that's a good way of combining the mysticism of the force yeah. with, with, the, practicality. with the practicality of a button. Well, yep. okay, so in in the old canon, which is not the Disney canon now, that was the case. If you were not a force user and you picked up a lightsaber, the, the chance of you killing yourself was very very high. Dude, Luke looks like he's in no danger in the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, they made it. They made it look like, oh, what's this? Like, yeah. it, 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 it's, 
it's it needs it needs a little bit more nuance. Even in the original trilogy, I think in order to feel like it's that Excalibur, like sure, yeah, yeah, sure. Now well, is the time. Like, but, but, like they, it's, but they've dumbed it down in, more. Now. In, in that yeah. way, it's almost it's more like Luke and the X Wing. X Wing is Excalibur. Yep. He, yeah, he needs that. He needs to go through some part of the hero's journey before he can fly. And that was his destiny to be a pilot, not to be a, a, you a know, Jedi. A, f- a light fencer. Light um, fencer. <laughs> I think that's my new favorite term light for a fencing? Jedi. <laughs> Would they have that in, in uh, Jedi camp? Yeah, Jedi light camp. Fencing? Like, light fencing. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ow. Um, dead. Uh, yeah. The whole like being careful with lightsabers and stuff always reminds me of the, is a, a robot chicken sketch. Okay. Um, where... There, it's it's Qui Gon, and he's when he's cutting in Episode One, the the blaster door open, right? Oh Lord! And yes, he's cutting Lord. it open, and then he goes, "Here, hold this," and they fumble the lightsaber while it's on, <laughs> yeah. and it just drops through the floor and goes all the way through the ship, <laughs> <laughs> like the aliens' blood. Yeah, alien yeah. Uh, yeah. acid blood. Yeah, <laughs> same thing. It just goes all the way through, and you can hear like the droids going, "Ah!" And then, and then, yeah, it's freaking awesome. It punctures the hole, and the whole crew dies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's the way lightsaber should work. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Actually, no, I got one more thing on that, okay, that one. So it. you drop the lightsaber, right? And it goes through the, so let's say you're on the on the Death Star. You drop the lightsaber and it starts going down because there's artificial gravity. Does the artificial gravity stop before it reaches the hole? Like it just can't go anymore? Would it go through I guess it depends on how you design the gravity That's field in the Death Star. The, the hole would have to be the containment for the artificial gravity. Yeah. So if it exited that, then no. No. And artificial gravity, now that, now that you bring it up, is a far more interesting and ridiculous concept, I think, than anything else we're yeah, talking about. Yet yet it, it exists in every sci-fi movie ever. Ever. It's just it they just have it. Yeah. Like well, there's but, no Well that's the thing but is But we, we have a baseline. It takes sixteen Teslas to hover a frog. Well that's we're magnetic done. we though. know what it is. Yeah, we, that's magnetic though. We're talking like <laughs> actually anti gravity, which in this universe or in our mathematical formulas does not exist. Yeah. We don't have anti gravity. You yeah. you you basically you're you're creating a a space time field. Yep. That that's inverse of whatever is near you. Right. Which makes virtually everything we're trying to accomplish irrelevant because you <laughs> yeah, you yeah. <laughs> you have you have like microscopic control of space time. Yep. Well, right. do whatever. That's way you more impressive do. than right. than any other than technology. Giant, yeah. Than star star sucker base. Yes, yeah, star, star sucker <laughs> base that can kill eight planets at yeah. once. So actually, you know, um, the, the, the solution right now that's been proposed is, you know, you rotate a ship in space and you can create an outward, well, inward force, but regardless. Centrifugal. Yeah, control. right, right. You know, the issue with, with that is that in most of our ships we have, spaceships now, they're so small that if you were to rotate them around their axes and you were standing on it, take, um, you know, uh, Space Odyssey 2001 when he's like, they're, they're oh, running, they're running on, the, on the edge? Yeah, they're running on the edge. The thing is, with the fact that our ships are so small, your feet would actually be rotating at a different speed than your head <laughs> just because everything is so compressed into a small circle that you actually feel forces way differently, and the blood in your body would feel forces differently. Oh, just you have to feet. have an enormous 
gotcha. circle. Like the Taurus station. Uh, right, like, yeah, a lar- yeah. like the Taurus, you have to have an enormous circle to make the forces almost equal from your head to your feet. So it doesn't even make sense to throw something up there and spin it. So the one in 2001 would, would have... That one is probably close to working. It's probably larger. Well, it's larger, so it makes more sense. But it's not it's that not that big. big, yeah. It's not that big. But, like, if it's you were still, to take the space shuttle right, right like now, jogging. everyone would get messed up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a hamster wheel cannot... Like, no, no, no. Right. One with the, the radius of a human being is not, not going to be comfortable to walk. No, it would be terrible. Yeah, walk around it right. would be terrible. Yeah. So... <laughs> All right, so are we done with lightsabers? Yeah, we're done finally? with lightsabers. <laughs> okay. Um, blasters now. Blasters. Okay. We'll, this we'll, is another big one for Steven. We'll, well, but we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll rip through blasters. Uh, this this one will be fun. So the interesting thing about blasters, and I did I did research just like Parker's been doing his research. They call them blasters for a reason in Star Wars because they are not laser weapons. Blasters do not shoot lasers like you would expect a phaser in Star Trek. So it is... It's not just pure photons. It is not light okay. that is actually being shot. That's the interesting point. Okay, so I've got, I've got some, some, uh, some lore to go over here. So blasters are not laser weapons. Uh, this is why the projectiles do not travel at the speed of light. They actually have a finite speed You to can them. dodge them. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, so a, a standard blaster uh, has about 400 to 500 shots in it because it actually does have a magazine. Yep. Um, there are two things inside of a Star Wars blaster required for it to produce a projectile, and that is a gas and a power charge. So effectively the way a blaster works is it uses this power cell of some sort to excite uh, um, particles in a gas, and then it uses a focusing crystal similar to a lightsaber, but probably not so perfectly focused, and it excites the the uh, the particles in this gas focuses them in the crystal. Therefore, you get a bolt, and it travels out the the barrel of the gun. So, it's actually not a terribly unreasonable thing to think of. We actually already have that same general technology. Think of an old CRT television. It's actually about the same thing. Although you're not you're 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 uh, moving electrons, not particles in a gas. It's still the same sort of technology. And in fact, the electrons in a CRT television are traveling the speed of light uh, or very close to that. So we have that same general technology. Here's the cool thing, though. And this, this was some lore that I, I, I didn't know until I, I researched it. So there is, you can effectively use any gas in a blaster. You could, you could use just air and as long as you, you um, energize it enough. There is a particular gas that they use in Star Wars called Tibana. And here's, here's, this is cool. This blew my mind. Tibana exists on Bespin, in the clouds of Bespin. You so guys, you guys know what? Yeah. yeah. Bespin is Cloud City. The, that is the planet to which they go where Lando Calrissian is. So Cloud City is a harvesting plant for Tibana. So that whole place is a weapons manufacturing facility. Huh. I did. I did not know. Lando that. is a is a is a warlord. That's right. Okay. That's right. A defense contractor. Defense contractor. Yeah, for I'm the sure he has a sweet defense contract. Yeah. No, no, because they'll just change the deals Super at any time, sweet, baby. Oh, that's <laughs> that's right. So Tabana is a naturally occurring gas that uh, is actually created by an animal called a Belden, 
yes. which is a floating gas animal, and it excretes to Bonna, and they grab it, and they process it into weapons-grade gas. So it's it's animal farts. So it is, People have thought a lot about this crap. Blaster <laughs> is actually short for ass blaster. That's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, no, you are shooting animal farts. Yep. With every pull of the trigger. <laughs> so, okay. You know, I think it's good that the expanded universe collapsed, don't you? Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. 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 When, when, when you get out. to this level of detail, you kind of have to restart. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, like, Once you get to animal fart weapons, it's really the only thing you could do to start over. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. but the question was, did, did, did Lucas know this? No. When, when writing all this? Or is it all just like, they tied all of this together? They probably tied it all this together. Was, this was all... This was all uh, Spun about by nerds such as us, yeah, exactly. conversations such as us. We're just regurgitating right, right. from other conversations. Well, okay, like, yeah. acting as though George brought all of this oracle down from on high. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and and it kind of makes sense when you go with the animal fart producing. Yeah, that would make absolute sense. Okay, so here's here's the thing though. Assuming that a standard blaster like what Han Solo has can shoot 500 shots uh, per charge, what I wanted to see. And I ran a calculation real quick on how much charge is required in that gun in order to kill 500 stormtroopers. If you were to land every single shot, could you kill, or how much juice would it take in the gun? So let me run through this calculation. It's a little bit uh, involved, but I'll just go at it quick. So a stormtrooper armor, I just played around and I said, let's just pretend it's made of Delrin. Uh, So a a dense, thick, hard plastic, uh, because... It acts like that in the movies. Right. Okay. Delrin has a melting point of 175 degrees Celsius. Okay? So if you want to find how much energy it is, it's required in order to raise the temperature of Delrin from room temperature to its melting point using the mass of Delrin, the specific heat of Delrin, and the difference in temperature... You actually, let me, let me run through here. Delrin has a specific heat of 0.35. The temperature change is uh, 150 degrees Celsius. Assuming that the armor of a stormtrooper is an eighth inch thick, and uh, it has That's a, why they die so easily. I mean, look at it. it it's <laughs> not, yeah. Uh, it has a density of about 0.05 pounds per inch cubed. And uh, let's just assume that the bolt is a circle uh, of okay. one inch, Okay. Let me run through this real quick. The, uh, the energy required to melt this armor would be 478 calories. The same kind of calories like when we eat. That's the energy in order to melt a one-inch square of eighth-inch Delrin, okay? So if 1,000 calories is 4,184 joules... We're converting it into more of an electronics guy's world by using yep. joules instead of calories. That's 2,002 joules in order to melt this, okay? So let's just assume that the bolt takes a tenth of a second to actually melt the armor and, and penetrate. That would be 20,026 watts in order to melt a one-inch hole in Stormtrooper armor. So it's... Not hard to backtrack then if you have to shoot 500 shots and do this. You actually need a battery in your blaster pistol that is capable of handling 278 watt hours, which surprisingly is not a whole lot. No. Uh, So I know these are all like super engineering terms going back, and most of these don't make sense to, uh, to most people. But if you look at like 
just a general AA battery, it's one and a half watt hour. So if you had 185 AA batteries in your blaster, you could kill 500 stormtroopers. And, and we've uh, and we've already got the fission double A. Fission double A. <laughs> right. Good to go. So if that's the case, you never have to change the charge on yeah. your on. All you have to do is put a new uh, so, gas, so gas it, cartridge it, in. It. Yeah. So it that that 500 number that you know shots you get is yeah. that do you have to replace the power supply or do you have to replace the, the gas it must be the gas then they say both but the gas is the one that runs out quicker okay so they might not it might be a different power it might not be a fission battery or they might have some other weird technology that we don't know about yeah and and so if you if which isn't that the the end of every one of these topics? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, we oh, yeah. can't. Yeah, but this other thing. We just well, but check this out. That. Okay, so just three quick examples. Uh, in I can't remember. It, I, I think it's the first movie, Episode One. Uh, Amidala. No, you know I'll go with another one. Uh, A New Hope. When when they're uh, at the very beginning, when they're capturing Princess Leia in the Corellian cruiser, uh, she she pulls out a little blaster pistol. That is called a sporting pistol. <laughs> Legitimately, <laughs> that a is a sporting blaster. Did they exactly. like? Did they like freeze frame and like enhance the picture of it? And they read on it "sporting pistol." <laughs> in the lore, it in the script. That is a sporting pistol, and that is literally what it what it is meant to be. That's like a small hunting pistol, a small just whatever. A, so that a, thing has a has a tiny gas charge and a tiny uh, energy, uh, source. Uh, energy source. Han Solo, his his weapon is a general blaster. It has a larger gas charge, larger energy charge. Now, in Empire Strikes Back, when they're getting into the Millennium Falcon at the beginning and they're leaving Hoth, in that scene when they're doing it, they're all running to the Millennium Falcon. A few stormtroopers come up and they set this giant gun on a tripod. If you look at that gun, it has a, a large tube that goes off to a box on the ground. That box does not hold the gas. That is the actual battery for running that gun. So that's called an E-Web, and that's pretty much the largest weapon that you can get as a, not, uh, like a foot soldier can carry. Infantry. In a way, infantry, yeah. It's, it's like the howitzer of, of blaster pistols. So, interesting. And, and, che- and Chewie's crossbow thing. Like. The, yeah. That's a kinetic weapon, though, right? No, that, that thing shoots an energy bolt. Why? Why not? <laughs> Why does it need a bow then? A bow part? <laughs> oh, I thought it was a blaster too, just with the goofier <laughs> with the strings on it. Yeah, I think that but was. But even in Force Awakens, they they demonstrate that 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 Chewie's crossbow is. I think they did that incredibly powerful. But I, I, I can't, if I'm if I remember right, I don't know if he ever shot that in the originals. Oh sure. Well, I what, think that was kind of the joke. Around? I think that was the joke because Han got it and shot it, and he's like, "This thing is awesome." But oh, he, 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 he never, never shot, shot it. Before. Before. He never shot it before. I don't know. I mean, Maybe Chewie. You did. think you would go uh, out to a range day and actually shoot that thing? Right. On range, a day. range day. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars range day. Let's, oh yeah. Uh, Okay, so so that's blasters. There you go. You now know more than you need to ever about blasters. Yeah, and I think that'll finally actually wrap up weapons. <laughs> wow! In Star Wars, next couple topics are actually pretty quickly. Um, light speed travel or hyperspace. Right? Okay. Um. Well, yeah, we we know that traveling light speed is pretty hard to do in our universe. <laughs> I'll put, I'll put that sure. hard in quotes. <laughs> um. <laughs> Basically, you need almost infinite energy to go the speed of light. Um, 
and as you could because you, as you go faster you get heavier and heavier and heavier until you just keep needing more energy well they figured out a way in their universe to basically surpass that right um and according to the lore is you basically when you approach the speed of light and you have a hyperdrive is you actually get transported to a different dimension the hyperspace dimension and then that's how you and and the math and physics in that dimension actually work differently that allow you to go faster than the speed of light. So that's how hyperspace works here. Huh. Um, so, yeah, so it's because, basically because, like wormholes. Because if you're traveling around the galaxy, yep. you're still not going all that far at light speed. No. You're not getting to the next star for four years. Uh, yeah, but you, so you have to go you have to go in faster than light oh, speed. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But this, this brings up a good point. Yet still, in Star Wars... Star Trek and virtually all sci-fi, there is still travel time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, I'm actually I'm sure one of your listeners is going to go, "Oh, you idiot!" No, the, these <laughs> these fifty th- stories have have of fixed course. that. Of but course. I, in terms of general popular mythologies. Uh, they're still as though they were boats on the ocean, <laughs> like trying to get oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to to you know the Bahamas. Like there's some time, <laughs> it, you know. Yes, you're going very, very much faster than the speed of light, and you're you know you're bending space time and you're going using other dimensions and all these other things. Yet you know you actually, need you need a good solid thirty forty minutes sometimes. To actually get there. Like yeah. yeah, or or you know a week. Like yeah. it's very very human well, time frames. Well, like why? What's up with that? Well, wormhole tunneling would work like that because you're you're basically folding time uh, time space in in you know in half and punching a hole through it. Instantaneous. Yeah, that would be well. Instantaneous. You, no, it's not instantaneous because you still have to travel the gap between them. The gap collapses to nothing. Right? Not not all the time. <laughs> Wait, in in th- we we are talking theory here, right? No, so, I'm talking about Star Wars. <laughs> I, oh, okay. <laughs> now now what a, a a universe that travel is instant like this, it would be Battlestar Galactica when they jump. Right. That's an instant trend. But uh, they but they still I've I've seen enough yeah. of Battlestar like I've seen the whole thing. I know blasphemy. But it, it like there's still there's still travel time in that. Well, like, yeah, it's travel time when they're not in whatever. If you have instantaneous point A to point B, then you don't even like approach the planet. You well, just so go they, to the planet. Well, they they explain that in in Star Wars where you can't hyper you can't jump into hyperspace near gravitational fields. They do in seven. Yes, because they disabled all the safety protocols on their hyperdrive in the Millennium Falcon. So it's risky. It's very risky. I mean, they almost die <laughs> doing that. But and actually, they do that in Battlestar too. Where okay. They warp into a planet's atmosphere and then warp back out. So the or thing is, so, so so it's a danger to everything around them. Yes, but not to the craft itself. Well, unless the craft hits something. <laughs> <laughs> but inertia still has well, like to a, play like a power line it. on the way out. A power line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the kite got the stuck. The kite got stuck. Yes, oh, the kite. flock of geese or something. Yeah, <laughs> you got to be careful. Sputnik. I don't know. I you know I'm not sure this is one that we can speak to fully. No, in. not too much on. But yeah. I'm just saying this is is in Einstein's theories, wormholes kind of exist. Mm-hmm. If you have a ton of energy, you can make wormholes work. 
Well, and we've already proven that a ton of energy is it's, readily available. Well, and, and it's Star Wars, double A's at the Galactic yeah, CVS. It, right. Yeah, and, and Star Wars, <laughs> they basically energy is not a problem anymore. Right. Um, and so, if you basically make energy not a problem anymore, you can make a wormhole and you can travel through it. Yet, and yet, somehow, food, water, everything else that's a problem yeah, everything for else humanity is, problem. is still a problem on certain planets. Well, energy, yeah. no problem. Priority. Energy, no problem. Yeah, priorities. <laughs> you gotta get your blue milk. <laughs> <laughs> next topic? Yeah, next topic. Um, another really quick one, prosthetics. The only reason why I want to bring this up is just the sheer, how awesome prosthetics are in the Star Wars universe, but how shitty the robots look. Interesting, yes. Yeah, so like, yeah that's like, a good point. Because Luke gets his arm or hand cut off, and they replace it with... It looks just like his regular hand, right? right? And then you got a trash can robot with a face on it that's got like <laughs> garden hoses and dryer hoses as arms and, and legs. And then duct duct legs. Yeah, no, that's true. It's surprising what a what a larger budget for a movie will will get you. You know, <laughs> indifference. Yeah, yeah. indifference. Right. You know, yeah, it would make sense. I mean, with all you know, with everything being bigger in the Star Wars universe, uh, you know. Inequity, d- disparity between classes would be enormous. Enormous, yeah. Because yeah. um, you also got like General Grievous, right? Who's like he's got like the only thing that's original of him is his brain, eyeballs, and like organs. <laughs> I don't know why you would keep the organs, vitals. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, <laughs> or his eyeballs. <laughs> you know, whatever. But yeah, it looked it, it, it looked cool. It was maybe the best visual effect of the prequels. I'll yeah, give he that. is really cool looking. He has four the, arms the, too. The worst voice acting. Who oh, was that it guy? It was so bad. Yeah, he was pretty bad. It was it was offensive to all races <laughs> simultaneously, and it was just bad. It was unintelligible. It was anyway. Yeah, I digress. Yeah, uh, next year's uh, Star Wars Christmas special, we just dump on the prequels the whole time, right? Yeah, okay. we'll probably do that. Okay. <laughs> okay. uh, so that's that's prosthetics. Um, <laughs> that, that was yeah. That was I just quick. want to talk about yeah. That was really quick. Um, wait, wait, no. Well, well, here's another prosthetics thing. When Luke's hand gets chopped off mm-hmm. with the lightsaber. Oh, am I? I'm no jumping jumping ahead. No. How does how does the lightsaber get to Maz and does she have oh, the hand? Yeah, that's actually an RFO. Um, right. We we we'll come back to that. Okay. Wait, wait, but quick answer to that. The the big gas monsters on Bespin eat it, you know. Fart they, it they, they 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 fart out the gas. Lando gets it, and Lando's like, "Well, you know, Maz would like this." So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Lando and Maz hooked up at some point. Oh, multiple some times. Point. Oh. Yeah. that's a galactic booty call right there. Yeah, galactic booty call. Yeah, um, if she's into Chewy. She's definitely into Lando. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so <laughs> moving on, uh, the Force. Yes, and this is Josh's topic. Well, I chose the Force because there seemed to be the least amount of math involved. <laughs> uh, I don't have paper and calculations on the Force, but it is interesting, and we got into this a second ago. The Force as a mystical phenomenon, as a spiritual phenomenon, is something that's um, inherently non-technical. Yep. In the original um, trilogy, even in the prequels too, it's still something that in the prequels and in in, in the originals where technology can't touch it. I but I disagree. I disagree because of the introduction of the midi chlorians. 
the idea, the, the very the very breadth of midichlorians to me fundamentally changed what the force was going to be, at least in the prequels, and and thereby what it what it is in the sequels and and the rest of this. In fact, I w- I would go so far as to say, Disney wants to keep the prequels as canon. Fine, just get rid of the midichlorians, <laughs> or don't. I'm going to get to that in a second because so as thinking about so you're it, you're calling for a remake. I think it was no, 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 no. No, I'm just saying that they re that they recontextualize um, the force in a way that like, doesn't have any quantifiable. You can't count the number of midi chlorines. It's not a blood test. Like, so was it a, a fundamental flaw? Well, okay. So this is where my research took me. Is that the the name and the whole idea of the midi chlorines? Basically, it was a simple way to say that Anakin is badass in the force sure. I, and I get that but it was sloppy writing it was everything about it it pissed off virtually every older fan that saw the movies including myself but what's interesting about the midichlorians is that they are living organisms inside the cells of human beings yet somehow they are also in they bind everything, everything in the universe. <laughs> they're, they're yeast. In the galaxy, yes. <laughs> they're just <Yeast>. everywhere. <laughs> they're, they're neutrinos. Yeah. yeah, neutrinos. But, okay, well, so we have to pick one. Let's pick that, it, that they are actually living organisms inside the cells. So a living organism inside a, a say, eukaryotic cell is going to be already very small. But it, it, what's interesting about that idea when I started thinking about it, is that it, it uh, reminded me of a theory that we've, sp- we've spoken about. I don't think you and I have, um, Parker, and i got to remember for Radio Land, I was pointing it and talking to Stephen. <laughs> Stephen and I had this conversation. I was telling him about a, a theory of consciousness that's been put forth recently by an anesthesiologist named Stuart Hemeroff, mm. uh, working in conjunction with a famous quantum physicist named Roger Penrose. And we don't have nearly enough time to get into the theory, but it is fantastic. It is, it is my so far f- favorite theory of consciousness. Oh, and just blow your mind. It, it, if, if you have any time after um, listening to this podcast <laughs> and aren't going to just go immediately watch all the Star Wars movies, which I know we're probably not making you want to <laughs> do, but... Um, <laughs> Stuart Hemeroff, uh, H-E-M-E-R-O-F-F. And the, the theory is that the structures inside every cell um, that we're aware of, eukaryotic uh, and prokaryotic, are, uh, they're, they're known as microtubules. Mm. And they're the, the uh, scaffolding of the cells. They're these, uh, basically think of them as, as like high-tension wires that hold the membrane together and hold... Uh, the different components of the cell in place, and and they're responsible for for in neurons reaching out to form synaptic connections, and and they're incredible, just in in so much as regular science science uh, general science has held them to be, but they don't really see them much as much more than structural. Stuart Hemeroff says wrong. They are the key to everything, and mm. and I can't really get into that right now, but. They, the, the theory basically states that based on, with, with the protein that makes up these structures, that there is a, there's a quantum vacuum inside these proteins that allow for non-local 
behavior in microtubules. And it, their theory goes on to, to say that, that it's basically this sort of non-local quantum communication between microtubules in neurons that is the, the signature of consciousness. So how does that get, uh, connect to Star Wars? In a very interesting way, I think George, in his <laughs> sloppy, like, <laughs> throw-it-against-the-wall idea of midichlorians, yeah. if Hemeroff and Penrose m continue to be proven right on small uh, areas of their theory, which they, they have even this year, some, some big news on that front, George Lucas may have actually predicted what is the meeting point of a, a fundamental force, a mystical characteristic to consciousness and molecular biology and the ultimate tech, which is, to me, cellular biology. Hmm. So in, in that sense, the force could end up basically being the blueprint for that. And and it makes it makes uh, the the universe, the Star Wars universe, interesting in in a, in a whole new way. In that they don't call it consciousness, but you know, in theories of consciousness that sound sort of new agey and and you know hippy dippy, there is this 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 uh, fundamental and constant state of consciousness that's unbound in a sense. They call it proto consciousness until you get until you have a system, a, a technical system that binds it. So my first question is, how, how, how do you imagine that working? Like, obviously, we're, we're, we have to transition from cellular, you know, technology to uh, hard tech. But do you, can you think of anything uh, comparable, maybe computer systems, computer networking to some degree, where you have a sort of a sharing of information uh, like, is the force expressed in our world in in ways that we're that we're already used to? Like, <clears throat> I guess maybe <laughs> the internet. Well, the internet, but like, it sounds more like um, like BitTorrent, maybe. <laughs> I love it. I love That's it. That's amazing. I love it so much. That's amazing. And Pirate Bay is like the the information hub. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, um, how did we go from microtubules to the Pirate Bay? I, I mean, it, Parker. Microtubules. It's 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 kind of like you know it's it's uh, I, we talked a little bit about this before. Um, I think because we were talking about um, quantum mechanics a couple weeks back. Um, and we're really bad at talking about that because we have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> Correct. And we, um, in any conversation where you say the words quantum mechanics, you need to say, I don't know what I'm talking about. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's where, you know, it, it, I think maybe that's where, like, deja vu and that kind of stuff stems from. Okay. Well, okay, so, so that brings up a, an interesting point because, okay, so it is explained in Star Wars – quite often that the, the force exists within everything and it's within all of us, but it seems like the Jedis have a way of tapping into it and the way they describe that or quantify it is through an elevated count of this thing called metachlorians. So what what is interesting is using what you just described, is it not possible then that the Jedis just have a way of tapping into and inherently controlling the way these microtubules 
interact with themselves and also interact with their environment. Yeah, because but and they the, also just have a, a great force user is just someone who genetically has more of them. Yeah, because right. like, and, right. and the thing is because the force can even act on non-organic things, like raising right. the X-wing out of the swamp. Right. Um, when when Darth Vader throws all the stuff at Luke when they're fighting at uh, Cloud City, all that stuff. It's it's. You know, is the midichlorian goop, I guess. I guess if it's everywhere, like yeast. You know, it's just bacteria that's everywhere. And it's on that. How how could, like, let's say steel be affected by this force? So, the, so the midichlorians are maybe a, what, what would be a, 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 te a technical term for it? A, a, um, maybe they are... Pathogen or... Well, no, 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 no. no, no like, like, a, uh, like an electronics uh, metaphor would be like a... A, uh, a transducer. Hmm. Yeah, a transducer of force. Okay, so the, so having more of these, they are able to control. They or these or the midichlorians can actually exert a force. And if you have more of them, they can you channel can, force. You can channel the force. Right. That that whatever the midichlorian force is. Well, right. oh, but here's the thing: the the concept you were talking about earlier is that consciousness itself doesn't necessarily lie within gray matter in your skull. It has something to do with these microtubules and the, the, the tying together of the metichlorians and consciousness in this sense could mean that consciousness and force are one and the same in, in, that, I, in that kind of paradigm. And if you can control consciousness uh, at at a fundamental level then and everything's force. made of sort of of unbound or or un uh, disorganized consciousness right then then you are able to control then you got telekinesis so I, and all these yeah. other things. well maybe 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 it's all about the fact that you are able to bring things uh, from an unorganized state into an organized state so i'm, I'm going to throw a big monkey wrench right here that's cool okay. go for it yeah so we got these tubes on the brain, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what if, because it's, it's, you're uncoupling basically consciousness from gray matter, right? Right. What if, this goes into like another crazy theory, which is... Well, the gray matter is a transducer of that. Well, yeah, well, yeah. this goes into a crazy theory of, the, you know, everything's a simulation. Uh, right. Okay? right. So if you have more control on the tubes of your brain, you can actually affect the computer programming that's running the simulation, thus you can lift the X-Wing out of the swamp. Yes. You can control now, the simulation. That's now, a it's very matrix now it's Matrix. Now it's Matrix. Yeah, yeah it's I, was, matrix, I was just about to say that. <laughs> that's not far of a stretch going from that. That's very interesting. I, no, I love that. That's great. Huh. So, you have... Wait... Now here's here's where it all here's where it all ties together. So so the idea that I can affect something that I am not physically attached to can tie together with quantum entanglement. If your consciousness can somehow tie quantum entanglement such as the whatever is underneath the X-wing if I want to raise them, I can entangle Whatever underneath the X wing, and then I have control underneath whatever that is, or the or or the X wing itself, right? If you can do what if you can do the water, the Dagobah water on the bottom <laughs> of the X wing, you might as well do the X wing itself. I mean, it, it it if it's if it's flowing through everything, 
you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Well then, so then what, if, if that's the case, then everyone exhibits the possibility for having these powers. What is it that makes Jedi's or, or force users, or even in the, in, uh, there's actually a third group that is in the lore called force adept. A force adept is someone who is born with these powers, but has no idea on like the the spirituality of of a Sith or a Jedi, they, they, they just have they exhibit the capability of using these things. But it's never tr- trained. It's, it's never. Yeah, it's never expressed. trained. Yeah, they, yeah. They're they're more like mystics in a way. Right. So, what is the difference between those people and people who can't tap that power? Midichlorians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, we've come full circle. Yeah, full circle. Well, uh, and, and well, they haven't. Oh, they haven't complained enough. And you know, was it taking the the red pill from Morpheus' hand? <laughs> yeah, right, right. That, there you go. So, Jedi or is Neo? Neo, Neo. I mean, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I needed to sleep more before this episode. Um, <laughs> this is usually when I'm asleep. During oh this is the this is Josh and doing podcast. Well, so so uh, a quick aside, and then my second point, if you'll permit okay. me for time yep, of the force, we're fine on time. A quick aside, a, a comedic. I, I literally just thought of this. There's no preparation in this at all. Midi and Chlorians. We should break it down semantically. We have Midi, which I'm I'm very familiar with, uh, and Chlorians, which I suppose. There's some sort of form of there's, there's some chlorine isotope <laughs> in Star Wars. It's the combination of music and chlorine is what I'm trying to say that gives that gives someone force ability. Th- there is anyway. 128 channels available <laughs> of chlorine controlling digital uh, communication. Yeah, you have you have uh, you have uh, Force velocity sensitivities, right? And right. you have to uh, you have to learn to control those velocities. Wait. And here's what it is: Anakin had the ability to turn on Omni, so he could control all of them at once. All sixteen channels, all, six, all of them at once. That's right. great. Yeah, no. It's so he's like a really fine-tuned Casio keyboard. If you look in, the, if you actually look in the back of his little laboratory, there's just a whole bunch of. DIY modular synthesizers <laughs> back to ne- next to the C3PO parts on the table. You know. Right, right. Um, okay, is well, that, is, that, is that actually like Darth Vader's like thing? That's a, that's it's a, a synth. It's a, it's a synth. <laughs> <laughs> it's a on his chest. Yes. yes. Well, it is now. Uh, yeah, it was for me forever going to be that. He, he, he does, uh, you know, on his off time, he does like stand up comedy, and he has his own soundboard on his chest that he can play. Yeah, he, he to the beat of his. Right, right. And all the stormtroopers laugh because they know they have to. They have to. That, that's, see, that's all that. You didn't laugh. I, I, see, I knew that, that. He's not breathing. That's just noise. That's his noise gate. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. We went from cerebral to stupid in no time and flat. And who does that better than, than the engineering than podcast? The engineering podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, okay, so my only second point is, is not really super technical, so I'll try to keep it quick, but it can be technical in a certain sense. The force... I think, is the main character of Star Wars. I haven't heard anybody talk about this, but this is a theory that, I mean, I I feel like I could speak for a long time on this because it really makes everything that bothers me about 
what is now this huge runaway train of a story where so many people have had their mitts on it. It really is the thing that could guide the eternity of Star Wars that we have ahead of us. Uh, there would be a Star Wars film every year. If the main character is the Force, which I contend that it is in the greatest degree that, that it's the truth in Empire Strikes Back, which mm-hmm. is the best, mm-hmm. period. It's second most uh, true in New Hope, but Luke is the protagonist. But there is... George Lucas said Star Wars is about the, Luke, the Skywalker family. That's what, that's what these movies are about. That's why Rogue One is not going to be a Star Wars film because it's not about the Skywalker family. And the Skywalker family is starting to shape up to be the balance of the Force. They, they are the ones who unbalance it. They're the ones who balance it. Hmm. That the, the family is the container for the, the single protagonist. It's not Luke and Anakin and Rey and whoever she is, this child of it. It's not all these different protagonists, one protagonist, and expressed in different ways. In the same way they say that, that the main character in a Tarantino film is violence. And you don't watch a character develop in a Tarantino film the way that you do in a regular movie. You watch the violence develop. Mm. You watch it, the violence has a, a character arc. Yeah. The Force has a character arc in the best Star Wars films. And this is, I think, fundamentally why the prequels suck with a capital S. <laughs> because the Force gets, plays second fiddle to yep. terrible actors playing poorly written protagonists. Mm. With CG sets. Set amongst s- Senate proceedings like <laughs> like the the reason that i enjoy the force awakens even though it is it's you know it's orlando schlock yes compared to other sci-fi films but the reason i think it's great is because it's back to being all about the force the protagonist in human terms is split between ray and finn poe yep. to some degree han but the way the force is kind of dormant and dead at the beginning, nobody knows about it, nobody talks about it, and then it just it kind of opens up like a flower again. And that's what excites me. If they're going to get anything right in the rest of this trilogy and the rest of time with Star Wars, it's that the Force is the center of Star Wars. Not, not just as, like, the MacGuffin that moves the story along, sure. but it is the story. Yeah. So, okay, so that brings up an interesting uh, thing. Four, five, and six, absolutely agree with you on that topic. Mm-hmm. One, two, and three makes the Force feel tired. Because it's just, it's just another weapon or power or useful well, tool they can use. So the totally. thing is, well, no, no, that makes sense because in one, two, and three, there are tons of Jedi. Well, maybe not like thousands, but there's a couple yeah. hundred Jedi, right? Yeah. And the Jedi Council exists, and they've existed for millennia, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Right. And in four, five, six, there are four. <laughs> right. 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 Or five in the beginning, and then there's four, and then there's one. So whatever's happening <laughs> with them is of utmost importance. Exactly. Right. So because it makes the, sense mm. that where where in the prequels the force doesn't really matter because you know, everyone knows what a Jedi is and what Jedi can do and all that stuff. So right. it doesn't really matter too much. Whereas in four, five, six, like even they say like, you know, um your was it your ancient religion has no power here or something like that. Yep. Um, Don't and then he, and then he chokes him to death. Sorcerer's ways. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
So does, so, yeah, does yeah. the force propagate itself? In in other way, in other words, if let's say Luke were to die after six, would the force bring itself back? Well, there had well, to be. Well, that's a whole other channel. There had to be. That's the Langan theory. That's the that's the self. Let me get it correct. The 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 self processing self. Uh, Fulfilling? No, no. It's it's uh, uh, s. It's like this, the self processing language. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a self assembling, self processing language. So so if if it's a fundamental thing, it will bring itself back, back. about. This is the this is the the immaculate conception of Anakin and all these kinds of things. Right. It's it's, right. it's that it's that this thing is not a thing. It's a being, a single being. Right. That's too huge for a body. It it it, it you know. Anyway. Yeah, that. But that's that's very interesting to think that you you're not going to have. I don't think we're going to have Ray's daughter. I mean, you know, or son or whatever. Like Luke. To this point, we don't know that he had any children. Like the Skywalker family probably will end at some point mm-hmm. because heroes don't have children. <laughs> um, but <laughs> you you definitely get a sense that it, only, it, the only... force will the force will be back. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a slightly different twist on the Force. Okay. Um, and this actually ties into the Force Awakens movie. Mm. So in the Force Awakens movie, the First Order, this goes back to the lightsabers a bit, um, where they have a weapon that can block a lightsaber, right? And actually, Josh and I were talking a couple weeks ago about how the First Order might have developed Force weapons. So they have the ability to actually use the force in a technology way now. And, and, and this is suggested by the color of the weapons on the Imperial, yeah. on the, on the Star Destroyers in Force Awakens, right? Yes. Which are purple? Purple. Blue? blue yeah, purple. something like that. You, you got blue, green, red, and purple. Yeah. Right, but so... And purples was... was uh, purple is... Purple and red are Sith. Yeah. Or no? No, purple is uh, Samuel Jackson's... Oh, that's Mace. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> No, it's not Mace. It's Samuel. Samuel's, yeah. <laughs> of course, Samuel's is purple. You know, what right? he actually no, said. You know, he actually said his... that's the one, the color he wanted. So that's actually the color he got. <laughs> no, I did not know yeah. that. That's Don't a dude's favorite color. Things that's like his that. favorite color. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah. Of course it is. And, uh, and you and you know they brought him a a, swa- a swatch sample. Yeah. Which purple, Samuel? Which Are we talking right. like you know like and- '70s porn purple or <laughs> crushed velvet? Purple. We're talking crushed. prince purple. Yeah, a mauve. And Sorry. this and this goes back to the Star Killer base too, where Star Sucker base. Yeah, Star Sucker base. So the Star Sucker base it it uses it sucks in the sun, right? But it actually uses that as an alternative power source. It actually collects dark energy. Okay? Mm. And so you could say that if the First Order has developed these weapons that can absorb dark energy, you could probably maybe, you know, by a stretch, tie in the fact that Force weapons are using dark energy which before... Dark energy from our universe. Our okay. universe, They yes. don't refer to dark energy that I'm they aware do, of. No. no the, uh, well, kind of. It's in, If you read the novel about the the, uh, the Force Awakens novel, okay. they actually explain the power source of Circular Base, and it's mostly dark matter and dark energy that uh-huh. it absorbs, and it actually just uses the sun as a drive to get that stuff. Hmm. And so it's absorbing, or or so if you if you... Go into the fact that before this, 
they no one could use dark energy, but they knew about it. So maybe the force is actually manipulating dark energy and dark matter. So the midi chlorians allow you to do that. Oh, they they bridge the gap. Ah, so that's, the gap. that's that's pretty. So that's slick. my theory. Wow, that's um, a good theory. So that if you have a lot theory. of midi chlorians, you can actually because dark matter is or dark energy is like it's some absurd number percentage of our universe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I think it's percent, yeah right, something yeah. like that. So if you have the ability to control that, you can lift an X wing out of the water. Absolutely. You can choke someone to death, etc. Oh. Mm. So so okay, I will. I like yours better because it's more philosophical. <laughs> but, but this this is not, this is not the macrofab philosophy, philosophy no. podcast, right? Yeah. So yeah. so okay, I think you're gonna I think you're gonna find that many more of your listeners are are and and I I think I like your version better now too because it, it gives us something <laughs> to put our teeth into instead of yeah, just being this this abstract you Way know up, yeah. yeah. Well, I still don't know how. We have no idea how that would work because we haven't even, you know, figured out what dark matter and dark energy actually is. Right. So, so wait. Here's the thing. I will. I will. uh, The Star Sucker base. I will rescind my hatred on it if that is the the methodology. In other words, if dark energy is how it shoots its beams, how it gathers its energy. When it pulls in the sun, if it's extracting dark energy and exhausting all the actual matter... And I don't know if it does that, though. Then that could make sense, and that would be an acceptable thing. Well, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I actually so, I searched that. I was like... I, no, I, no, I was like, okay. Why? Because it's collecting dark energy, and it's collecting the sun. And I was like, okay, are stars made of... Do they have a percentage of dark matter? And I could not get an answer. Out there, I don't think anyone has that answer. No. Well, I think I think in in so much as it is matter, it is not dark matter or dark no. energy. No. But think so but, but 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 dark matter and energy is what holds, gal uh, like cl- galaxy clusters together. It's the scaffolding. Along it binds which, them together. Yes. <laughs> there it is. There it is. The we, bushes we solved, of love. We solved yeah. the horse. Yeah. There it yeah. is. Dark matter and dark energy. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Now we're on to everyone's favorite one, the RFO section. All right. We and can yes, rip, we are having an RFO section for Star Wars. Okay. What is your favorite Star Wars character? Robot and organics. The trash can robot in the, in <laughs> sand, the crawler. sand crawler just because it is so ridiculous. Done. Um, I'm going to say in, in a, for uh, so, yeah, favorite robotic, robot. fa- favorite droid has got to be the, the droid with which something is wrong in the beginning. He has no name. He's a nameless droid. The, the, the original R2 unit that falls over. R5. R5. Oh, R5. R5. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where, where he shoots that thing out the top of his head and smoke comes out? No, no, he's talking no, about no, 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 episode one. In, in the line outside of the sand crawler. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, no, no, it's no, it's, it's the red R2 then. unit. You're, episode four with the red astrodroid that's got, it's actually like a, Trapezoidal shaped head. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, and his motivator blows out. Yes, yeah, his, his motivator. motivator right? Yes. Oh, Duh, his motivator. Right. Well, if his motivator blew out, would he just become lazy? <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't want a lazy droid. No, you you have you, you, you have you have to have lots of motivation on your droid. Yeah. Um, uh, no, no, I, I I was always sad. It was like if he had just worked for another ten minutes, he would have been the star of the show. Oh, you're, yeah. you're, you're right. Yes. Yeah. Someone uh, should remake Star Wars with R5. <laughs> <Where am I? laughs> 
and they just part out R2D2 and like Luke never leaves Tatooine. <laughs> I mean, I mean, until the next that, season. That would be hilarious. <laughs> you know, like 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 R2D2 and C3PO basically spend all six films in various states of disrepair. Like they're not that reliable either. No. You yeah, know, like but getting hit in the head with a with a giant blast cannon like R2 does like eight times. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's you know, it's explainable. Yeah, he is yeah. he is resilient. But I mean, little R5 man, he yeah. could have been he could have been just the motivated coil. Yeah, no, yeah. You know. This is this is going off subject about this, but the fact that when they go to the Death Star, right? Yeah. And R2-D2 just plugs into Death Star and just pulls information willy-nilly. He's like, there is no cybersecurity on the Death Star. <laughs> there is no security or cybersecurity. There's no the wireless right anything. Yeah, he's the right plug. And the fact that also, it's not just a regular connector. It like goes in and spins. It's super proprietary. Yeah. 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 And it's at the right height, too. Like the perfect <laughs> yes. height for an R two unit. Yeah, going there. R five is just a tad bit taller, and he know. wouldn't have been able to do it. it well, <laughs> if, if you look very closely, you got to pause it. You can see it says hack port. Oh, there we it's, go. It's, it's, it, right. it's, yeah, they make it easy. Right. It's USB D, I believe. Sorry, USB D. <laughs> no, USB SW. Uh, oh, oh yeah, Star sure. Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I think my, you missed the joke, but that's all right. Go, oh, go for it. Yeah, now I got it. Now I got it. <laughs> go, go for it. <laughs> Uh, um, so my favorite robot is the little robot that scurries around in the de- in the uh, Death Star floor. The oh, little the, tiny oh, the little, little RC, little RC car. Yeah, little RC yeah. car that goes, doo, 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 and then like it sees Darth Vader walking down the hall, and it turns around and goes, woo! That's my favorite That's one. That's a good well, one. Well, and, and Maybe he uh, doesn't have a lot of screen time. He probably performs cleaning functions. So he's like a, you know, he's a space Roomba. Um, we those exist nowadays, right? Well, and he's, and, versions, and he's, but. he's fast. Yep, you yeah. know he se- he seems like he's polite. He yep. doesn't. Yeah, he gets out of your way. He gets out of your way, and he has some of the best Ben Burt uh, droid vocalization foley like that. I mean, the the sound he makes is totally memorable. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. So I got a quick one, real quick. Yeah, the worst robot in all of Star Wars, IG eighty eight. Oh, the and the reason why IG eighty eight is the worst because. The Nintendo 64, Star Wars, uh, Shadows of the Empire, he's a hard boss to beat. Yeah. He's so hard that he wins the... the I thought he would get... I, I wish he had screen time more than the... He has one 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 shot. Yeah, well, that's when the, all the bounty hunters are lined up on the on the uh, Star, Star Destroyer. Destroyer. Worst droid in Star Wars is every droid in The Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are useless. They, they the are, battle droids? Uh, Roger, yes. Roger. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> See, I like the battle droids. So Of course you would. <laughs> but they're, they're just... Okay. Uh, they had to be programmed if, I, if, I was, if I was going to have to design and program a murderous robot, I'd make it crack jokes. Okay, They're like dad but, jokes, but, but structurally, tell me why. I mean, defend, defend more than the, the the comedic aspect of the <laughs> battle droid. What? What? Why do you like the battle droid? Uh, the fact that you don't have to send humans in with your army to go murder the peasants. But uh, what I'm saying is, like, why? Why? Why those? Any? It could be any robot, I guess. It doesn't okay. matter. Okay. He, he thinks they're funny. <laughs> I think they're funny. Um, they're, they're, I'll put it this way: is they put a lot of thought in like transporting them and like all yes. the designs for that. Like uh, it's perfect. Like they land and they're like a bazillion of these things pop out of the, the transport. The, I they agree. all fold down. It, the design that was of them a great, was great moment. Yes, the the, the the design of their transport. Fantastic. Someone uploaded the wrong firmware, 
and they are they just <laughs> got the stupid version. Um, All right, what's uh, what's next? Uh, oh, no, organic human. Uh, favorite or, or, organic, organic character in Star Wars. Uh, I'm gonna pass for now because I got to think about this. Uh, pass as well. Oh, there we go. Oh, um, uh, mine so would many. be. The giant monster in the bottom pit of um, Jabba's palace. The, the Rancor. Rancor. Mm. Mainly because there's a, uh, a, a brew pub here up in um, Houston that's got a burger named after him. And it's delicious. It's got a fried egg on top. Nice. Uh, I, you know, I might, I might have to, to go with the same Jabba's palace area. That little, like, rat animal that sits on Jabba's tail... <laughs> Yeah, that guy. Yeah. That Doesn't guy. he get eaten? Uh, no, someone shocks him. Ah, I think. I think Leia does. Or no, no, R two does. R two pulls out his USB D and and shocks <laughs> shocks the little guy. Um, I'm going with Han Solo. Oh come on! I mean, like favorite organic character. <laughs> what I like, like I mean, the, these are all great. If you said like creature or something, yeah, I'd go there. But I mean, like. Is there any greater being in the un- Star Wars universe than Han Solo? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> also, because he also can kill Nazis. Right. That's true. That's true. And, There's and, a lot of backstory and, behind Han. Yeah, exactly. You know what's interesting about Han too is that he is he is the most human character in the whole thing. He That's is true. yeah. He is equal parts dark and light. Like they they everybody's so binary in in the Star Wars universe, or at least at any given point in time. Han is dark side, light side within t- t- five minutes. Two or three <laughs> sentences. He's yeah. neutral. Yeah. Well he but no no he starts he's, off he's, he's extreme polar. Like yeah. he he his his motivations are so complex and he's so like he's just the best man. He's the best. Yeah. And he's dead. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler. Yeah. You've had a year. that's only a year. If you haven't seen The Force Awakens in December of 2016, you don't care about Star Wars. Yeah. All right. Spoilers are over. Moving so, on. Yeah. Favorite sound effect. Oh, good. Mine oh. is going to be the tractor beam. Mm. And it's it's a boom. Yeah. Oh, what? super complex sound. Yeah. The yeah. tractor that, wait, that that sound happens when they're about to shoot the uh, the Death Star. For That's the first a slightly time. different sound. Yeah, no, he's, so this he's is when, slow, this is when he's slower. powering down the de- the tractor oh, oscillator. Oh, okay, so yeah. when Obi Wan has to do all that manual adjustment to that like Rubik's cube in the room. Yes, yes, yeah, right. Okay, okay. I thought you were talking about when the one the the the, the stormtrooper that has the big black helmet and and he has to turn that one handle down to shoot the entire oh, gun. He's got like the speeder looking helmet. Yeah, the, yeah, the, like, the, the Tron kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's got like. Three feet behind it, and and they're on that platform with no railing. <laughs> right, right. So okay, I'm gonna go with uh, with a really just just cop out answer, but R2D2 because the guy is so emotive mm. with just synthesizer beeps and boops. You know exactly what's going on, and I think that just it, his whole gamut of sound effects are perfect. Agreed, and the way that you know. He's he did Wally as well. He combined that synthesis technology with his own voice and yeah. gave even more emotionality to it. I mean, R two D two is maybe, I mean, the most emotional except, character except for BB eight. <laughs> 
BB-8 is kind of takes the bar up another notch. I mean, BB-8, I thought, had a greater emotional depth, uh, a more emotional resonance, like in a kind of a, like in a childlike way with me quicker than R2 did. Well, they, well, they could add the more, visual aspect to yeah, it. Yeah, because right. they could do CG stuff with him, like when he sticks out and he has the lighter. Yeah. And well, and the way, but, and but the, way the, the ball. Movements. Yeah, yeah, the head movements. Yeah. The head movements are, are key to be. But, but the yeah. way the way that Ben Burt tied the the sound the the sound design, and I guess um, Bill Hader is actually g- provided some voice work for BB-8. Um, I'm not sure. I think that's right. Yeah. There's there. And and actually no yeah because the last time I saw it I, I just heard that and I watched it and I was like that's total that's something totally Bill Hader in there <laughs> but but anyway yeah I, I I think I think that that's among the greatest accomplishments of Star Wars are Absolutely. are the the droid the emotionality of droid sounds yeah um I'm I'm going to go with the idle saber the, oh just the hum. Not, not there's, there's like just this completely static hum, and there's the one that just like it wobbles. Just yes, it's like a really slow see, wavelength. See, what it's, that is, that's the PID loop of the EM field. Oh, there we go. Pulsing. Done. Ah. Yeah, Josh was like, I don't get that, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, well, I, 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 I get the idea of the the. Are you talking about the force? So the beam goes out, and it's. And if it's EM, an EM field, the EM field is holding. Yeah, and, the, so it's, and it's pulsating. The, the what do you say? The plasma. The plasma. So right. it's so you 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 would usually in control theory use a PID loop um, to do a control like that. Sure. So it's it's measuring <laughs> the field and and adjusting the field based off what you're doing with the lightsaber. How many? And so usually you have a that? slight. <laughs> well, usually you have a slight oscillation. I had to, I had to get one in. Yeah, you okay, did. so you you have like a you have like a. It, it can't be just perfectly static. Correct. Okay. Interesting. Right. Well, that well that 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 was the sense is that like this thing is not safe, even yeah. if you're not using yeah. it. It's like it has some life to it. Yeah, it's got it's got a, a, a an element of unpredictability. That yeah, it's cool. Good yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. Next on the list, um, the prequels. Do they exist? And if they do exist for you, Does what order do you normally watch the movies in? It's the oldest philosophical question in the universe. Does evil exist? It, it, the answer uh, is yes, yes. They exist, yes, they and exist. we must cope with them. Um, yeah, I think they exist, and um, I do watch them one, two, three, four, five, six. Are you saying that, that it would be an arguable point to watch four, five, six first? That's what a lot of people say. Um, okay, well, the, fair. You watch four and five, because at the end of five is when... Vader has been unmasked as being Luke's uh, father. Correct. And then you go, then it's like cutscene, watch one, two, and three to learn how, you know, Vader became, or Anakin became Vader, and then you go watch six. That's actually what a lot of people suggest. Hmm. That's dumb. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) So here's the thing if you take a hundred thousand mile view at the, at the, the one, two, and three, and you just say, there's a kid who is a force user. They take him. A bunch of politics happens. He turns bad. It's an okay story. Like, that right there is fine, and that is what 123 exists for me as. It gave me context. That's it. And most, most of that context is given to you in ten lines of dialogue in episode four. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. And most of what you needed was already and there. And the Switch's Live 4 existed but for we, 26 if, years before, right. before <laughs> 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. But without 1, 2, 3, we don't have no... Exactly. exactly. I, I, I think that the prequels are what I have to grapple with. This is like part of aging for a nerd. You have to realize 80-something percent of people born after 1990 think the prequels are better films. Ooh. This is, I mean, it, it's a, uh, that's not the exact thing, but it's high. I know, high. But that's painful. It's painful. And, it, and what it means is, we're, all, all that it means, doesn't, there, that doesn't speak at all to the objective like quality of either set. All it speaks to is, we're getting old. <laughs> Yeah, like, that's true. And we, and, but, anyway, yeah. Okay. Um, why do some Jedi's, when they die, disappear, and some just, you know, lay that's there? That's a good question. Yeah, because I have no idea. Samuel Jackson would be an annoying ghost. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> He yeah. would be so annoying. <laughs> uh, wow, yeah. Yeah, why do some turn into ghosts? So, I mean, you may, maybe you reach a threshold of force use where you can come back. Maybe. Well, I mean, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's what uh, Palpatine talks about, Darth Plagueis, you know, yeah. bringing loved ones back. Maybe the Jedi are these evil, but, like the well, necromancers. Yeah, necromancers. Where they can yeah. turn people to ghosts. Hang on. The only Themselves. Jedi's that we actually see as ghosts are those who, in some way, mentor Luke in some way, shape, or form. So Luke's just going crazy. So well, no. Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so, He's just going so in other words, do they appear to those theory. who need it? Wait, wait, setting it. Do they appear to those who need it? Interesting. So it's a, it's 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 a delusion. It's a not a delusion, but it's 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 a uh, it's a seance kind of channel connection out of some form of requirement. Yeah, Anakin and Yoda are not. Seen by everyone at the Ewok dance at the end of Jedi. Exactly, dude, okay. that'd be creepy. Stop, stop, terrible. Oh, by the way, wait, wait, yeah, right. going back and replacing Vader with Hayden Christensen, terrible move. Yeah, uh, absolutely terrible a move. horrible move. Dude, Hayden Christensen, terrible move. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, that's enough. That's enough mm. negativity. On the, I'm an old man. Okay. okay, moving on. Okay, moving on. Um. All right, so we're going to go right to the new movie, right? Yeah, uh, Rogue, Rogue One. One, yeah. So what are y'all excited. excited about? What are y'all looking forward to? Explanations, tech-wise, maybe, et cetera, et cetera. So start. Well, okay, I'm gonna, I, I want to start off real quick by yeah. saying I have not seen a single ounce of promotional material. So, but you know what it's about. The, okay, the only reason why I know what it's about is through somebody just told me. So I don't even know if that is true. <laughs> is that a trailer spoiler? Yeah. I, trailer I spoiler. Have, so it's all I've trailer. been told is that this is the story of how they got the Death Star plans right before episode four. Yeah. And and that's great. And a qualifier we I think the most is we've only seen the trailers, some of us. And so we have not seen the movie yet. So well, if yeah. we so, guess so we something should, we should give context that we yeah. are we are filming and recording this on Wednesday. Yep. December the what what day is it? It's the fourteenth. It's the fourteenth. Fourteenth. It's the fourteenth. The movie we have tickets for Friday the sixteenth. That's correct. Correct. Uh, I guess it kind of technically comes out tomorrow. Okay, so we this this is we have not anything we guess is not spoilers, even if we get it right. Correct. No spoiler alert. Yep. So um, 
my question is, they have all this technology. Why couldn't they email or transmit the plan somewhere else? Dude, thank you. I, I've, said, I've actually, I've actually said this from the now, beginning. Now, back in all, all the Star Wars problems are solved with, with email. email. Go with email. Yep. If you get, if, 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 if Leia can send via her Hotmail account to Obi Wan a message, uh, story's over. Done. So wait, wait, wait. We went from talking about Lucas potentially having the key to consciousness, but he couldn't <laughs> predict email. <laughs> well, no, but the thing is, it is the ambivalence of the force. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, there we go. Because they show in 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 Episode Four. Oh, do they ever show? I know they show the hologram of Princess Leia from R two D two, but do they ever show wireless, like hologram? I know later they do because the you know they hologram in the the emperor in front of Darth Vader. No, every time they do a hologram, there is a projection device. No, no, no. I know that, but the transmission of that data—it's always well. Wireless. Okay, so I mean, R two is wireless. Well, yeah. well, no, no, but he, but Princess Leia puts a recording of her into R two D two, and so that <laughs> right. when R two D two on Tatooine spits it out, it's local. Yeah, well, but in, in, in episode, episode one, four, they do it. In, well, in episode one, but in episode four. At the time when these movies were oh, made. Oh, okay. okay. In episode four, was that ever... Was there ever a transmit? Because I know in episode five or six, um, Vader has... I think it's like Vader has like a conversation with the Emperor, and the Emperor is somewhere else. Yeah. So it yeah. has been transmitted. You're talking about via the little walking... Yes. ...projector holo- yeah. hologram crab. Hologram crab. But the that wasn't crab. like... No, that was episode Two. Two. Yeah. yeah. So I I, I still too. think that they're going on radio technology in in that sense. Well, okay. So remember when they're the all the uh, the X wings are attacking the first D- uh, Death Star, they're all projecting back to Yavin Four, and uh, uh, you hear all of like Red Squadron and yeah, whatnot, yeah. and the audio is just garbage. Yeah, absolute garbage. Yeah. It's got to be radio. Well, that they would, well, you know, that they're transmitting a uh, over those distances. That makes sense, but over like. The entire half halfway across the galaxy, you can't do that. <laughs> well, well, if they're transporting themselves faster than the speed of light, so I think they can so get their worm, radio waves so faster <laughs> than the speed of light. So then, why couldn't they just like transmit the that data that way? Well, that, that, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the biggest the biggest plot hole in Star Wars is networking. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. It's a Wi-Fi issue. Like, yeah. uh, like there's no there's no Star Facebook. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think I think we could dedicate uh, an entire episode into how Star Wars would be different with the very most basic yeah, tenet, e- like email. Yeah, like American <laughs> online, like yeah. like, like <laughs> have changed Empire online, Empire EOL. online, EOL. EOL. Yeah, yeah. Vader gets mad at how long it takes, and he crushes the computer. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets mad at the trolls on on his chat. You've got hologram. <laughs> you got hologram. <laughs> um. Yeah. What was the original question? Oh, <laughs> stuff you're looking forward to in the new movie that's coming out on Friday. Rogue One, yeah. Rogue One. I'm looking forward to... Because I've seen the teaser trailer, and then I've... I, I then you said no. ...did a moratorium on everything else. Um, it wasn't so much of saying no, as it was just like... like I don't, I, I don't go to movies very often anymore. Like, I don't watch TV, so it was just like... I, ha- I would have to have gone and... Oh, okay. And click the button. Click to the button go. to watch it. And this is like, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want to go with 
Disneyfication in my mind. Fair enough. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I want to just be like, this is fresh Star Wars. Fresh Star Wars. Right now. Right. And 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 what's interesting to me is this is going to set the tone for all of the Star Wars stories. Yeah. 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 So and, and I do I do know a little bit about what's going on in the movie from talking to people and and reading a little bit, but I, no, I haven't seen a ton of the images. But what I'm really excited about is the. In the way that I, I didn't love Godzilla, which was made by the uh, was Gareth Ed, Garrett Edwards. Um, Talk about American Godzilla, the new Godzilla, yeah, the newer not nineteen ninety seven. I didn't, I didn't, I, I wasn't freaking out about it, but I loved it for a Godzilla film. Sure. I thought it was, it was the the oh, it made you want Godzilla, yeah, by the end, yeah, yeah. well, yeah, it made it made you kind of fall in love with Godzilla, and yep. and. In so much as that's a serious feat, I like the idea that this same director has the first of the Star Wars stories in his hands. Because if it's just going to be like, okay, well, we know we know that these things are going to go on forever. Yeah. They, like, once they run out of Star Wars films every year, we will have a Star Wars story every December. Yeah. So it's, it's important that they get this first one right. And, it, and it's great that, that they're bringing, you know, I've been hearing the talk of Darth Vader and that's that's awesome and stuff like that but uh, we need more information about Snoke we need more information about the the rise of the first order I think I, I would imagine a lot of that's going to be in there sure you know what I would almost guarantee you that there will be lots of tech about the Death Star yeah, in Rogue I, One I, yeah because this is all about the plans for the Death Star so we may either gonna be, love it or hate it there's going to be like a, like in the background we should have done like this episode hyper after. matter hap, hyper matter reactor with like a killer Boiler jewel room. output and all those like technical stats and then Steven's going to be like oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand this do you think there's going to be a whole new technical aspect of Star Wars delivered by Rogue One I hope so because it gives us content for next year. <laughs> next year. Oh, for the second, ne- annual, oh, for the second annual Macrofab Engineering Podcast Star, Star Wars, Wars Christmas Edition. Special. Yes. That's the whole title. So, <laughs> and <laughs> with this circle. story, this is the story of how they got the plans for the Death Star. Remember in... Uh, no Force users probably, right? Yeah, probably I mean, not. Not, not in the main characters. I, she I, is not... There, she's, there she's has not going to be a Force There has user. to be somewhere. In it. Right. They will push it in somehow. Yeah. There'll but, be, but there'll be the guy in the Return of the Jedi. Like, yeah. um, they're, they're all meeting in the council before they go to Endor, and there's like the third woman in all of Star Wars. Right. And, and she was like, many Bothans died to yes. get these plans. I wonder if they're going to do another movie about how they got the plans the second time around for the shield generator on Endor. That would be or cool. another one for the plans for Starkiller Base. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, they didn't get it's plans. another trilogy. They didn't get plans. Remember that was the whole thing where like, oh, Finn, well, it's bigger. Finn, and we're just Finn fine. Just something. knew where. Well, stuff he was a janitor. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Was, uh, uh, the the yeah. best thing about that about that movie was is like when Han says, "So it's bigger. We'll just figure out how to blow it up, anyways." <laughs> right. How do we blow it up? There's always a way to do that. Always a way to blow it up. That's that's something. That's, Han Solo. That, that's an attitude that hopefully will not be reflected in Rogue One. No. No. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to it. Yep. Can't wait. Merry Christmas, guys. Yeah. And Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, I think that's going to finally wrap up this obscenely long episode. Right? In, in, insanely? Insanely. I made up a word. Uh, obs- uh, oh, you were saying obscenely up- and insanely. 
Yeah, sure. At the same time. Yeah, that's great. Well, that would be the excuse. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't seemingly long. Like, did, did we? Did you tell people last week this was going to be? Did you prepare them? No, no, I didn't. We are going to break this you, up. You think we plan ahead? No. Well, we did. No, I, I just told <laughs> them that we were doing a Star we Wars around you. <laughs> well, I only tweeted a picture of our nice tree our here. Set? Oh, okay. And and the set um, earlier this morning, and we'll be uh, splitting this up into multiple sections, releasing it all at once. And hopefully the video comes out in chunks. Well, I said we, we make one separation at the pee break we took. Yeah, right. Yeah, that'll be beginning yeah. of section two or yep. three. Yeah. And and we have Josh to thank for letting us use his studio and setting up yep. all of this. Oh yeah, insanity. And he says this is the wrong way to set up a set, but I like it. Well, all I meant by that is we <laughs> we just put everything. We in broke frame. a lot of cardinal rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully it it matches the uh, the aesthetic of our of 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 our of our nerdness just extending into all manner of things. You know? I I think we did well. Yeah, yeah, I think we covered a lot of bases. Good the game, good guys. thing is, good that, game. yeah, I think we left <laughs> a lot on the table. Yeah, but that's next year. So hopefully, we are still doing this next year. And you want to sign us out, Stephen? Yeah, sure. That was the Macrofab Star Wars Engineering Podcast Christmas Special. Episode enough. number First 46. Animal. We were your host, Stephen Craig. And Parker Dillman. I was your guest, Josh. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Take it easy, guys. Later. Later. <laughs>